It's unreasonable. <laughs> it's unreasonable if this Jid West Side Gun TikTok we literally just watched <laughs> is actually a real thing. Jid and West I need it in my veins. This is as soon as possible. This is as this is as insane as when you, me, and Isaac did a rain dance and got Drake to drop an album. <laughs> The rain dances is insane. <laughs> no, yeah, that actually did happen. I forgot about a real that. thing. No, I'm I'm very excited. If we get a West Side a gun and a Jid project, Denzel Curry's so anywhere dude, near dudes. that. Anywhere near that. <laughs> I need it in my life. Obscene. We're doing Griselda round two. <laughs> Griselda, like okay, another year. All right, so. We should probably just address the elephant in the room right away. Yeah. Uh, there's now a lost episode. The first ever. First ever. We are first calling it lost. the lost episode. <laughs> right. Yeah. So potential album of the year, Michael came out. And we reviewed that along with the uh, the Don Tolliver tour. And it was just my thoughts. Purvis and Jaspers didn't show up. Uh, despite having amazing opinions on the album. It was a great conversation. It was truly one of the worst things that's ever happened to me, uh, besides <laughs> maybe the War on Terror. Like, I was going to say, of all the episodes, that one was actually like a long one. That was like <laughs> that a long one, one. That was like a good one. That was like a very satisfying one. It was not. By an artist that we don't discuss as much. <laughs> yeah. So but we will revisit it in the coming weeks. Yes, but because like like we said, we at least I believe that it's a contender. For it's it's totally a contender for album of the year. I think we all agree that you know it is because I, I I've only grown to like it more in the two yes. weeks it's been out. Right, like the fact that the religious album is now lost. It's a lost episode. <laughs> this is bull. <laughs> it's a straight bull. <laughs> I'm. I smell collusion. Maybe smells a little something, a little something uh, about the nature of the universe. Uh, also, have... we did an actual album about a gospel album. <laughs> yeah, we we did do that, to be fair. I'll give I was going to say, you should have been listening to that new Kirk Franklin then. Yeah, honestly. All right, we're switching it up. We're doing Kirk Franklin. No. No. <laughs> but yeah, no, but, that, um, was a, that was a big yeah. bummer. So... I'm back. It's been two weeks. Oh yeah, Purvis hasn't <laughs> been here in two weeks. Hello everyone. It's, it's yeah. I've last time it you saw us, bit. it was just me and Jasper. We did a quick rotation check. That was fun. <clears throat> Might do that in the future. Who knows? Big things yeah. are coming. And big things have happened since our last episode. We uh, are, it's what we're going to be talking about. We went to Summer Smash. Yeah. So this um, is the Summer Smash episode. We went all three days. Hell of a weekend. It, it was, uh, and I believe this is the scientific term. Uh, bananas uh it was <laughs> incredible like <laughs> it, honestly though um without getting too much into detail about it yet that was my first festival that was the first festival i went to yeah. um all days and i will say i don't want to say like life-changing as though like it was some newfound thing that i've like discovered or experienced but like it, it honestly was a lot of things that happened that weekend there were a couple of moments i looked at brandon and i was just like damn this is why like, no. this is dope. <laughs> this is some dope stuff. Yeah, no, there was a lot of like really, really dope moments uh, that we will talk about uh, yes. when we get there. The main subject of the show. Uh, so, yeah, got a handful of albums coming out. Uh, some really fun. I think this is like a really fun week of releases. Yes. 
Um, we'll, we'll jump right into it. We actually <laughs> yeah. have a couple of albums coming out. I've mentioned them before, but Code of the Friend is coming out with Protea, I believe, or something like that. I don't know how to pronounce it. Um, he is extremely consistent and someone I highly recommend. Very low key, very easy to listen to. Yeah. Um, and his lyrics are usually meaningful. So you actually, you'll take something away from it. Sick. Um, we also have the Alchemist is back. Dude, I cannot wait to hang out in La Conda Vista. Dude, this is going to be fucking great. <laughs> this is going to be a lot of fun. Um, it's a really short pod- Yeah, it's just like it's- four songs, right? <clears throat> yeah. Um, I believe it is heavy packed with features, but I'm here He's for He's a producer. It. Yeah. Although, um, I hope he starts rapping more. I don't care. I think he, that would be interesting. He's the Tony Soprano of rap. He should do it. Like <laughs> the Tony <laughs> Soprano of rap. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, we also, yeah, we have. A, this is a huge be? one. This is the biggest release of the week. One hundred percent. This is the biggest release so far of the year, actually. Um, in, in terms of like news, yeah. like Little Uzi Vert is back after long-awaited break since his last album three years three it was eternal years. attake been... right eternal mm-hmm. attake was early 2020 yeah it was february yep. that year right COVID. i think so yeah yeah yep it's been uh talked about for so long the cover art has changed multiple times what we've known about the album has changed so many times but just like we did the rain dance we went to go see him in summer smash and all of a sudden he's dropping I'm yeah. saying it's us. <laughs> it might be. Um, but yeah, th- this is the biggest release so far of the year. I-, I think, in my opinion, in terms of like hype and excitement and anticipation, I'm here for it. Yeah. Jasper, you you claimed album of the year. I'm so <laughs> no, excited the weekend, for this. You said album of the year. I'm so excited for this. It, I, I, will... I don't doubt it's going to be a contender, to be honest. I oh, mean, yeah. I totally think yeah. Uzi has it in him. Like, I mean, I. I, I, and, the only reason Eternal Take wasn't a contender for me was because like that was a dense year, you know. That, that was a dense year, yeah. Yeah, um, and that like, was my like pandemic album, yeah. personally. Yeah, like totally, and I totally get that. And everyone it's like had one. everyone had one, right? I had a few, and like <laughs> it was just like there were just so many good projects that dropped that year, right? Like After Hours and Run the Jewels Four just were dominating my <clears throat> listening. Not to mention. Uh, Kid Cudi, I really liked Man on the Moon 3. And, yes. Uh, what was the other one? Dropped in February. Brent Fayez. Mm-hmm. Fuck the world. That one, that one was another favorite from that year. Very fitting for that year. Yeah. Uh, look, I, I have no doubt it's a contender. I guess like I'm just like, this is the demographic gap. Going to be a subject that comes up a lot this year. But like, I was I like this very... Episode. Yeah, this episode <laughs> I'm at... God damn. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I was very killer. Mike's my favorite rapper of all time. Like I was more excited for Michael than I am for the pink tape, but undeniably going to be an album of the year contender. You know, I do think Uzi has a t- like could maybe like not all of his projects are super great, but he certainly has it in him. So mm. I definitely... just want a concept album by Uzi and I don't think I'm ever going to get it. <laughs> That's what I'm afraid of. Yeah. Yeah, but okay, this is certainly certainly the thing I'm most excited to listen to. We also Did you, have and I would, sorry, go ahead. Jasper. I was just gonna say, um, if the uh, reveal cinematic is anything to go by, we're looking at some high budget music videos. Oh yeah. 
and some really cool visuals to go go that's with this really project, cool. which I'm I'm a huge sucker for that. Yeah, yeah, those are always I good. to bring that up. And you that trailer, to Yeah, the tra- the trailer was very sick. I I like the trailer mm-hmm. a lot. So I think it's good. Interesting I- enough, he did play into. I understand it's the pink tape, but he played into the jewel. I feel like he got that removed so long ago. Yeah, like, didn't some didn't fans like pull it off of him or something? I didn't know he got ripped off. Yeah. At one point, it did, and then he stopped wearing it, I think. Yeah. yeah. Oh. That made the news a little while ago. Yeah. Interesting. I did not know. It, I thought he removed it. Like, Let me first. see. <clears throat> but I, I could be wrong. I have no idea. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's definitely very yeah. fitting that we saw in much. In September of 2021, the large pink diamond implanted in his, in his head got dislodged when he jumped into the crowd at Rolling Loud. Okay, well, yeah. But... Yeah. Um, what do you think was gonna happen? <laughs> fans ripped it right out of his forehead. Yeah, he posted the photo where he was like bleeding from that spot. Oh, I remember that. Oh, that hurts. That's yeah, painful. that sounds like a literal nightmare I've had. Jesus Christ! Did he end the show? I hope he ended the show. I would um, assume so. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, we have the Metro version. We we've missed a lot of we a lot of news in the past weeks. One thing that's coming back up, we have Young Thug has finally dropped an album for those who business may not know business, yet. Business is business, yeah. Business is business. It, it was is... a lot of Lucy's, but it was it was quality, though. Exactly. Um, they're releasing the Metro version. I was taking a look into it. The only difference I saw was, <laughs> well, two differences, actually. One, it was reordered in a different fashion. And the second one, most importantly, in my opinion, they actually released the leaked song that was on SoundCloud in the Metro version. That was not on the first version. It is the Juice World Nicki Minaj song Money. And the unique thing that's actually nice to hear about these type of things is that this was actually recorded when Juice was alive. So like this oh, is a okay. real recording piece that he put out, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I'm sure Young Thug put it in the vault and like Exactly. Yeah. And I've heard on SoundCloud beat is disgusting. Nasty, filthy, all the words. <laughs> all right. So I'm I'm very excited to go visit that. And then, um, Brandon, we have our boy. Yeah, Shaw Calhoun. He's a friend of the show. He's dropping the follow-up to Fly Langston, which he came on the show to talk about, uh, the four-piece EP. I can't think of anything I like more than a four-piece. So uh, I love the look of it. The very, like, you know, I like how he picks, like, the clean concepts and everything. So it's going to be a quick listen. I'm very excited, you know. love it. Honestly, I want to reach out to him. Yeah, so, and be like, hey, do you want to talk about it at all? Yeah, see what he says, uh, so. we'll we'll see if he's going to be on the show. I was just talking to him. I was like, oh, congrats on the album, and uh, I'm going to send him this episode because I told him we were going to talk about it. So, hey, Shaw, perfect. Uh, I have a great idea for merch for him. Okay. Free, free idea right here. Anywhere he goes to perform, he should have shirts made where it's like, you know, the what things where you go like to a, a tourist location. It's like I did blank at blank, right? Mm-hmm. For him, it would be like I Shaw Calhoun at because it's like seeing him in concert, That's and then it's like the name of the That's the name of the good. city. That's it could very fit. Good. I like that. Shaw, you can make it a thing. Hit us up. Uh, like, <laughs> Still the idea. <laughs> I'm by nobody's branding agency. What? Like we can make it happen. Yeah. We're taking over every aspect of the industry. We're de- de- doing it all. Nobody saw it coming. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, you took it too far. <laughs> yeah, I, anyway, I we have singles. The urge to hurt you. Like, 
We have um some actually very exciting singles coming out. We have J Rock is back from TDE. He released East Side with a video. I am ready for TDE to start existing again. Yeah, no, like, <laughs> like we got scissor last year late, and that is all I can recall. Yeah, I'm being honest. So I mean, I, we also got Absol. Oh, we did get Absol actually. Yeah, and that was also late in the year. Both of those coming out. They came out with like though. within a week of each other too, which I don't Just... think helps. Although I feel like because it mostly charted this year, uh, people pe- people haven't real like given SZA the credit for the monster. Oh yeah, she's doing was. her second lap of tours. Yeah, dude, <laughs> who does two laps? Like, in- come on, <laughs> insane. Like in like global tour as well. Like, yeah. So like, look, it, it's geez. not sustainable, but I'm sure TD is just gonna be just fine off that album alone for a while. Like, you're not wrong. <laughs> not to devalue the art at all but did you all see the the, the thing about says that trended this week on twitter what, no. what was trending she finally like turned around while doing one of her like ig oh, yeah, dressing room things man yeah. like the the absolute power to have that be the thing that gets you trending <laughs> on twitter is amazing it, it must be nice <laughs> she did that when she was on stage she yeah. actually twerked on stage for the first time and everyone was like oh she actually does this <laughs> And yeah, it Insane. was trending. <laughs> Insane. Uh, but um. But yeah, no. Happy to see J Rock back. It's been a long time. Uh, yes, it has a very long time. It's so confusing that they have J Rock and J Electronica. It doesn't help. <laughs> like honestly, it's so though. confusing. Uh, but um. And then we have Samfa. Yeah, this is one of my boys. I'm very excited for yeah. this. Um, it's called Spirit. So album of the year for Purvis. Uh, Easily. Drop it now. I'm extremely ready for it. <laughs> so, so yeah. Uh, you know what? My top 10 albums now are going to be all gospel albums. You, <laughs> you know who I would love to see Sampha do a song with? Everyone. Who? Well, yeah, yes, but Theophilus. Specifically. Theophilus. Yeah, Theophilus London, you know? I mean, singers, pipes, range. Yeah. Could be cool. Hmm. I'm, I don't recognize the artist. That's the only thing. Like, He's the guy who was featured on All Day, the Kanye song. Oh, interesting. Hmm. They might know each other low-key, then. Yeah. <laughs> they all have very mutual friends, similar mutual friends. Mm. Um. Yeah. Oh, also, he went <laughs> missing, like, earlier last year. That was, like, a thing really? all over social, yeah. Yeah. What the heck? <laughs> yeah. And then he was found, like, fine. But I don't know. I don't know what that was about. He was doing yeah. his thing. Sometimes I want to disappear from the world for a few weeks. I understand. 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 Um, but moving on to the actual news that's been coming out recently, we yeah. have the 10-year anniversary of the Doors. He is doing a live show in August at the Nova. Just want to throw that out there really quick for all the Earl Sweatshirt fans. Yeah. No, Doors is a big one. Yeah. I, yeah. Earl Sweatshirt's never been my bag, but Doors was big. Huge. Oh, yeah. You know. So I, I'm very excited for that. It actually has one of my favorite three song runs. Really? <laughs> we were supposed to do an episode on. But yeah, highly recommend Doris. If you've never listened to it, go back and listen to it. Yeah. It is dark. I'm not going to lie, but it's good. Yeah. Um, we also have <laughs> everyone's favorite artist. <laughs> we have Drake releasing a book. Yeah. Um, that is supposed a book to of be poetry. A book of poetry. Is this his um, Two Pimp a Butterfly? 
Oh God, I hope not. What if he was like <laughs> he did a song about like going back to the Vava or whatever, and then like Please. in between tracks you hear like, I heard you were. <laughs> he starts <laughs> reciting poems. <laughs> I I hope not. Um, I I got to see some of the pages. I did not get the book because I don't want the book. But I saw some of the pages, and it is as uh, petty, corny, toxic as you can imagine. Props to Drake for also completely biting Virgil's style when it comes to print media release. It's crazy. It looks exactly like the Figures of Speech book that released for the exhibit here in town. Blue oh, with yeah. the white white branding, and you know, just four years later. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows what's who's what's the story behind that? Because I'm sure they've collabed, but I don't know. They have. Virgil designed Drake's plane. The rap exactly. on Drake's plane. Yeah. Who knows what's going on there? He, he might have had an input in it, to be honest. You know what? Be old. <laughs> that's true. You know what the bottom of Drake's plane says, right, Purvis? Oh, I've seen it before. It says but hi, Millie Bobby Brown. Ooh. <laughs> it's the Christ. It's the, it's the clouds all over and on the bottom yeah, yeah. in like the Virgil script it says if you're reading this we left. Oh yeah 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 yeah. I do remember yeah. that actually. Damn, I haven't seen that in a while. No. But I mean, hey. We're here for the possible album, not the yeah. book and barely the album. So yeah. <laughs> actually I took that back. <laughs> we're gonna be seeing Drake by the time the episode after this comes out. We'll be talking about Drake on the next episode of the podcast. Most likely, yes. we will almost certainly be doing a Drake Little Uzi review next week yeah. because that's what we're doing. It just uh, works. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. So not- I do got to say, I think like, I don't know. I like print media. I'm a sucker for books. I like when mm-hmm. people release books. So generally speaking, anything that like print media is like so fucked nowadays, like anything that brings any hype to it at all. I can't help but like a little bit. Okay. But yeah, I wouldn't buy. Have this. you seen any of the pages? No, I haven't. I have. It's uh, miserable. Yeah. yeah, you're mostly buying white space. Yeah, it's a yeah, waste. It's of That's every design book ever. Like that is also true. No, I'm saying it's literally like a sentence per page in the center of the page. I literally have a book on my desk that's uh, that's a, less a, a book on design. <laughs> every it's a book about writing copy. It's called Junior. It's really good. Uh, every page is like it's written in the form of a headline. Mm-hmm. right because like that's what you write as a copywriter so it's like mm-hmm. yeah like i've seen all when when you work in like media and you see like printed portfolios and shit you see the most pretentious shit you've ever seen so i'm i'm certain i know exactly what this book looks like one of the pages says no one is gaslighting you in italics yeah. so you know wow. don't buy it that's, that's not true all, you're crazy I know, like, right? <laughs> I've never gaslit anyone. <laughs> that whenever Rachel's like, you're gaslighting me, I go, that's not true. You're crazy. <laughs> works every time. <laughs> works every, yeah, it works every Wild time ass. if I want to get hit in the jaw. Like, yeah. kidding. <laughs> Didn't I call the police? Yeah. Um, another thing, I actually want to go over this very quickly because I don't think it's a yeah, like, groundbreaking thing. Very- type of thing but i think it's very unique and i think it could go somewhere what um young thug actually had yesterday had a global streaming listening party for the the metro version of the album yeah and something like this seems like it's very straightforward and easy to do it's like a listening party but over the internet right it that's literally what it was and i think it has potential 
to actually be something more yeah. interesting to see, a different way to listen to music, because we've talked about all of the different avenues. And the Weeknd did that with Don FM. He exactly. did like a, a live streamed uh, listening party, and it was sick. It was, and exactly. yeah, it's it's crazy because I feel like yeah, there's always there's always going to be like the the in person feeling, right? Mm-hmm. There's always going to be like. When you go to a listening party, whether it's something like most of them and it's a little bit more intimate or like the one we went to or Donda, right? It's always like being there and being like an actual physical space for people is always going to be a thing. But it seems like time and place digitally is just as important to a lot of people. Uh, so it seems like this is a really smart thing to do. Exactly. So I, I like this. I, I hope this is something more and more people do. Because it's just very, it's very accessible. You know, anyone with an internet connection can, yeah. you know, be a part of this album's release. And like usually, a lot of them are like, you know, beyond, you know, not even behind paywalls. Really, it's you know, I'm a fan. I can't wait until Meta starts like sponsoring these, where it's like you have to show up with your Metaverse avatar in order to <laughs> enjoy it, and it's like you have to pay oh, money God, to go God. to a fake concert and have Mark Zuckerberg laugh at you from upstage. It's we should, exciting. We should kill Mark Zuckerberg if that happens. If that's oh, well, I mean, Elon Musk is gonna try, right? I mean, that's a thing. Andrew Tate's gonna gonna train him from Romanian prison. Yeah, from yeah, Romanian prison for sex trafficking. He's like, we will take a strike at the clan's leader. It's like, what are you saying, you loser? Like, I don't know, dude. That sounded like a Trump impression to me. <laughs> what is the difference? What's the difference? Who cares? They're um, all fucking lizard people. I hate them. One of them. <laughs> one of them talks about. One of them talks about China, and the other one's like, "Don't talk to me, idiot." <laughs> like, super, like, oh, I pulled up in my Bugatti. Like, <laughs> what? What color is your Lamborghini? It was like. It's like I don't give a shit. I'm happy, dog. I can look in the mirror. <laughs> Real. Like. Real shit. It's like I don't need a Bugatti. Sometimes I smile. <laughs> like. <laughs> I did not expect a Tate. <laughs> a Tate part of the episode to come. Right, here we are. Uh, moving on. <laughs> That's funny. Oh my uh, Brandon, you want to talk about the biggest news of like the century for you? <laughs> I mean, I love this, but it's also like. I think this is a, this is like it's nice that it's officially confirmed. Donald Glover, Childish Gambino is going to come back for the Community movie. Community is my favorite show of all time. Uh, favorite of the sh- podcast, I believe. Um, and yeah, they're coming back for a movie that was kind of always the thing. The bit was six seasons in a movie. The prophecy is being fulfilled. Yeah, uh, and like obviously with Donald Glover's star rising so aggressively after that show, there was always a question of like, would he be able to come back? And on one end, like, yeah, it's like very relieving to know that the answer is yes. And he's going to be in it for sure. But on mm. the other end, like maybe just cause like, I'm such a fan and like, I followed this stuff. Uh, I remember he was, there was the, uh, there was like a reunion episode where yeah. they did like a live mm. stream uh, during the pandemic and he did he showed up for it he was a, you know he did the uh, the read along right and like someone asked him about that and they were like are you going to be in the community movie he's like yeah probably like so he's like always said like yeah i'm going to be yeah. in this thing right like there's never been the hardcore confirmation like it is now so that's re- relieving but it's just like yeah it's kind of expected it i expected i totally expected it especially with like atlanta ending and like you know 
him just always saying like, yes, this is something I wanted to be a part of. You know, I always thought the only reason it ever wouldn't happen just because he's so busy. Mm, I so, really yeah. hope I really hope he comes back to like <laughs> teach like his kid like the character comes back to teach and Pierce is still there taking classes. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> that would be a nice touch. Pierce is dead. <laughs> you right. <laughs> yeah, Pierce his, his hologram shows up in season 6. D- deep yes. fake Pierce. But yes. <laughs> I would love that. I would love that. I don't think Chevy Chase is dead, but he won't be on the show. Like, <laughs> no, definitely not. Yeah. But yeah, no. Uh, yeah, super excited about that. Barely counts as a rap thing, but we all love Childish Gambino. He's a Gambino. rapper. We all love Childish Gambino here. It's also like super funny to be like, to watch like seasons three of Community. And be like, in between takes, he's writing because of the internet. Like, yeah. that, that I will a man never. man that can do it all. It, 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 which is like one of the best seasons of, it, probably the best season of sitcom television for me ever, the season three of Community. And the fact that like one of the best albums, completely unrelated, is happening in the background is like mind blowing to me. That's true. Yeah. I don't know if it's that. I don't know if it's that unrelated. I feel like there's so many themes that carry between like the writing of his first two albums and also just like some of the pl- plots that happen to the character on Community. Sure, mm. I think I think if it was Camp, I would totally believe buy that, right? Like I totally think Camp plays with a lot of the same themes. And like totally. well, Camp the, being first, yeah. yeah. Camp and because and the EP. internet too, just to a much lesser degree. That I can see. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. All right, and then we were going to talk about the Fantano Asherworld has an aged well thing, but there's actual Travis news. Uh, Purvis, what, what, describe what happens because per, Jasper wasn't oh, even yeah. aware of it when we logged on. You referring to like the Billboard stuff? Yeah. So yeah, um, this is actually extremely exciting. So there has been billboards put up in LA, um, advertising, just the actual album coming out and the release coming out and hinting at the date coming out. There were two boards that I saw, um, two designs. There was one of just like a straight up watch and the clocks are actually pointing to seven twenty one, which is a Friday, which lines up with normal release dates. And then the second one was the lot combination for the briefcase, which again, it was like, it seems like it was finishing a rotation to go to seven twenty one. Mm-hmm. Um, so we are pretty much, we're at the climax. We're here. We're in the end game now. <laughs> Literally, we have four more, three more weeks, really. Is it just and me? We're here. Or when you look around online or out and out, just like talking to people, is it just me or is the hype not really there? I mean, I don't really, I don't feel it like I felt Astroworld hype, you know? Maybe because there's no singles. That's probably there's what it is. Singles. Yeah. Yeah, like there's no singles. There's well, no I mean, is is are, is Mafia gonna be on it? I yeah, but those are so far away. Like, so sure, those have those have been out for a while. Like, Escape Plan and Mafia. Yeah. I would say, yeah. Like, yeah. I, think, I like those songs. I would not have a problem with them being on the album. It's just like they're completely inert when it comes to the hype. That's true. Yeah. yeah. I do think singles play a big part of it. I think another yeah. thing that has played in part of it that I kind of was thinking about before. Um just taking into context the history of Travis Scott, going into Astro Road is significantly different from going into Utopia. Yeah. And when I say that, I feel like going into Astro World, there is a lot of people, not necessarily on the fence, but just in the middle. 
in terms of if they like Travis Scott or not. And so releasing that album and coming up to it, it was easier to just be like, oh, it's a good album. I like it and jump towards the positive side. Yeah. Whereas now I think there is a greater divide between the fans. We're like, you're going to have the fans that always like Travis Scott and they are showing the hype and they do talk about it a lot, but also do recognize a lot of people that previously talked about Travis Scott and are just like kind of either a about it or like, we'll get it when we get it. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's kind of like the divide between it. And it could be due to the terrible concert deaths. It could be due to anything really. <laughs> Yeah, no, I definitely think uh, the concert and everything, like, and the way he conducted himself during the concert, like, right, no need to relitigate, but like, yeah, it makes. I sense think I think that soured a lot of people on Travis Scott. Also, yeah. like, I follow a ton of people who like work in like mixing and engineering, and like, Say it's a very works. open <laughs> secret that Travis Scott just treats people like shit. And, like, I think that sours a lot of people to him. For sure. You yeah. know, like, in construct with, you know, the largest death count of any catastrophe at a live music show. Right? So Is that true? I believe so. I thought The Who had much more than that. I think they had more casualties. But I remember looking up, like, people. Who oh, you know who else did is Metallica. Um, that Metallica show they played when the USSR became Russia in 91 oh they played a show to 1.6 million people i think it was in america it was like I, it was a oh true it, true, was, true. A, it was in the fantano video where he talks he puts up a site where he's like yeah it's like one of the worst tragedies in like music history right yeah. in terms of just the, like death toll. oh well the who um cincinnati ohio 11 people died 26 people were injured sheesh and that was in 1979. Yeah. So I th I think that because Asteroid was 10, right? Not that we're like arguing about which was which, but I just I feel like there have been other ones that have still been of that magnitude. Unfortunately, which is you know pre-internet, there's not the coverage, there's not the visibility. Yeah, sure. So and people it was tend also, not to. It was also a completely different world. You know, the 70s, yeah. like for all intents and purposes, don't count. 100. Like, uh, and you know, um, I'm actually going to talk about that later. Yeah. Just so like right not riots but mosh pits and things like that. Yeah, it's a little out of hands, right? Like uh oh. so I think that I think now here's the thing, right? That's an opportunity for tra like Travis to really win people over. You know, mm -hmm. Utopia is a more mature, evolved project than Astral World. I think okay. he's going to turn this into a strength, right? I think it's a genuine question if he can do that or not. And what I mean by that is I mean, like, it could go either way. Like, the answer could be yes. The answer could be no. You mm -hmm. know? So we just have to wait and see. I know, personally, I'm just so saturated with the Travis Scott sound and its descendants where it's like I'm just checking out. Because, like, it's always been just about the parts of, like, the genre that I give the least amount, like, least of the shit about. And mm. it's just, you know, the Cardi show, as much as I enjoyed it, was just, like, I could see the writing on the walls from like other genres and other movements I've been a part of. Uh, so I think like if he, if, if Utopia is a step up, I think it's going to be a big thing. I think if it's a step, I think if it's equivalent to Astro world, people are going to see it as behind. And I know that yeah. that's how I'm going to see it. And I think other people will feel similar, similarly. I could see that. Yeah. I, 
I kind of feel what you're saying about saturation, but I find that for me, saturation with music like that comes when I listen to it idly. Like if I'm not really paying attention and it's just on in the background, then I feel like I have my fill of it. If it's like too much doing it too often. But if I ever put on like a good pair of headphones and just sit down, I feel like I just get drawn right back in something about it. Sonically, like listening to Astro Thunder with like noise, like good noise canceling headphones. I'm just like, mm. That's not Peace. what I'm talking about. I mean, like the amount of people who have oh, who like imitate the sound, who imitate yeah. the sound, yeah, I and don't mm. and don't have the skill of a Travis Scott for sure. So it has or all, the production background or yeah. the production background, and it's all the bad parts of Travis Scott and none of the good parts. Like I, I think, agree, yeah, I, I think, agree with that. Yeah. I think that has also. I, I think we'll talk about Cardi later, but I think that's also a factor with him, right? Like it's like mm. he has like such a specific sound that like there's been so many imitators of, right? And, like, that style, like, it's something that it's... How do I put this? It's easy to imitate, but not easy to imitate well, you know? Yes. Unlike something like a J. Cole Kendrick Lamar, which is something you can't imitate. You can't fake good bars. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, I guess, like, maybe, like, a joinier Lucas comes close to that. But, like, you know... lyrical miracle yeah like the lyrical miracle is like the closest thing to like faking good bars but like and like once again like it's not as well and it's not to say like travis scott doesn't have skill like he absolutely does as a producer it's just like his imitators don't i guess same way with the lyrical miracle stuff so like who knows I mean, yeah, Ken Carson is a great example of like a Cardi derivative who's really blown up because people are craving more of that sound, and he's like the closest thing to Cardi that is putting out absolutely music. Absolutely, something I have to bring up. Like, I want to bring it up later. I want yeah. spoiler there. I think the fact that some people consider that a subgenre is just because Cardi is doesn't post like does it. Yeah, if Cardi released as often as like Conway the Machine. It wouldn't be a subgenre. It would be imitators, like it would like, and that's just the way I see it. But yeah, so Utopia might be coming next month, maybe the month after. Who knows? But I mentioned to Brandon what before we were on the air, Purvis. The I looked up a picture of the briefcase one. Mm. The dial for the month is between seven and eight. So I think it could go either way. Maybe he's yeah. like giving himself wiggle room just in case, you know, he wants to sit in the Which Cadillac with Mike Dean a little yeah, longer no, and, and, and that, mix it. And that that makes sense with I'm not uh, upset. <laughs> that makes sense with Travis Scott. Like he I don't think he's ever pushed like made a date and a missed it. Date. Uh but he certainly will sit on a hard date for as long as possible. Which mm. you know, I it, prefer. Like <laughs> But anywho. Anywho. All right, Jasper, you wanna lead us off? Yeah, so Summer Smash, three-day affair, um, SeatGeek Stadium in Bridgeview, Illinois. Lots and lots of artists, lots and lots of really interesting characters, VIPs, other talent, and people who were there to either make content or to, you know, take in the sights, the, the kind of festival scenery. Started out, it was a great weekend. It was super hot. Um, yeah. Very low humidity the first day. Very, very sunny for the first two days, too. So your boy got a little bit of the tan going on. But, yeah. Um, yeah. The setup was really nice. It was the actual stadium itself and some of the surrounding grounds that are just north of it. Mm. And there were a variety of vendors. There were three stages. And then there was also, like, a food truck and just, like, local food vendor section. 
And then you also had like other little interactive experiences with different sponsors and things throughout the throughout the kind of the festival space. So yeah, that was kind of like our introduction was like that first day. I got there a little earlier because a friend of mine who is the reason we were able to attend the way we did um, needed some help setting up and stuff. So I was kind of like volunteering slash not volunteering slash earning us being there <laughs> for for part of the time um yeah super super solid and you know just like a very interesting kind of first day experience yeah i will say getting there the first thought off the hand was how the hell are these stages going to be set up yeah just because like i was curious too what yeah. was interesting <clears throat> I... they didn't put out a lot of news or like a lot of yeah that that was one of the gonna happen <laughs> that was something because i think i'm the person who has gone to the most festivals you know, I've mm. gone to Lala a handful of times. I've gone to the Riot Fest most of the times in the last decade. I've gone to uh, Pitchfork once. So that was the thing that was, like, my biggest frustration of the weekend was just, like, how uh, there wasn't any information, right? Like, you had yeah. to download the dedicated app, which, like, there wasn't any service. So it's, like, <laughs> what's the point I don't of this think of downloading an app before I get to the festival, like. So yeah, yeah, I didn't download the app. Yeah, like, and like you know, most it's pretty pretty typical for festivals to release their schedules a week, two weeks, even a month out. Uh, so I like, I do have to say, I did actually kind of respect the format of posting it the morning of because they put it on their social medias too, but it gave wiggle room for like if something was going to be canceled or if something needed to be pushed and that actually happened on the third day because of rain mm. so they they changed the timing a little bit it it was originally supposed to end at 11 p.m every night and it ended at 10 30 the night the third night and so they were able to like shift the calendar slightly yeah, which of, i think was kind of cool well i don't think you like the thing is though that that happens at every single festival whether or not they publish a schedule first Sure. Right, that is not a thing that is unique to Summer Smash. No, that's fair. So, like, look for example, like I would have liked to have known if, I, like, if I was going to be able to see Little B or Rico Nasty before I got there. Like, mm. you know that that was like the one frustration I had about like just the lack of information going in. But once and I got there, I had weird. a much yeah. better time. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And surprisingly enough, look, like with the stage setup. I understand why the stadium was in stage one because of safety reasons, but like I would have really liked stage one, like yeah. the main stage being the stadium. You got all these people on the sides and yeah. everyone can see. Yeah. They're, they're, they did have like kudos to them for having like two really high quality stages. Right. Yes. And I have to say production value was really, yeah. the uh, was really like the thing that impressed me the most. Right, and I will get to this maybe a little bit later, like when we talk about day three. But like, even seeing like how it sounded when there were relative issues was really impressive because like I've seen issues happen all the time in these kind of settings, and they're mm. usually not as minor as they were at Summer Smash. So yeah, that was uh, kudos to them. I think there's an inherent vice to the venue. That makes the stairs. The, dude, you have to climb up and down the stairs of the stadium to get between the stages. Nonstop. D d d absolutely fucking hate that. Like, I would <laughs> much rather walk the 10 times the difference between the two stages at Lala than up and down the stairs. 100%. It was especially in that heat, right? It, actually, though, it, it was a, 
like serious thing. Like it was a relevant thing. We had to do with it the whole day. Yeah. Like if you're actually trying to see all the stages. Yeah. If you're trying to go back and forth, going up and down. Right. It is not handicapped. And like, look, this isn't this isn't a mark on Summer Smash. It's an inherent vice of the venue, right? And all things considered, like I actually think they They made it work. I actually think they did it correctly. I think having stage two in the stadium was a lot smarter because you can have a larger format stage out in the field. And that was really safety the experience reasons. you got of like the large format, right? So, mm-hmm. I and safety reasons too, but I kind of went a different way with it. With just like you can have a bigger stage, bigger stages lead to like bigger, grander shows, and I think that paid off throughout a lot of the shows we saw on that stage. So, mm-hmm. I I think they set it up well. I think they managed uh, their stages really well. Also, smart to put stage three in a tent even though I don't think anyone cooled off in there because it was constantly packed. But, but, but it does like help with sun poisoning, which was a real serious concern. So like, you know, I I thought the staging and everything, I liked it a lot. I I think, Mm. you know, it's a lot smaller scale than the festivals they usually go to, but I think it was handled really, really well. So I know that on... Saturday it was at capacity. Third, I think the there was like wiggle room between thirty five and thirty seven thousand people yeah. for capacity for that day, depending on like what kind of band sold, and it was full. So that was like yeah. the size of the crowd at max. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Day and two like, was probably the biggest. Yeah, day two was definitely the biggest. I thought it might have been day three. I don't know if it was tempered by the by the storm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. but. Yeah, no, day two was crazy. Day, day day two was one of the most dense crowds I've ever seen in my life. The crowd for uh, the crowd specifically for Uzi when the sun was still up was, was like crazy. It was I, literally from the st- front of the stage to the tent for yeah. stage three. Yeah, which yeah, is like more was. than for Cardi, which is crazy. it was almost double was like hard. with Cardi. Yep. Even though you know Cardi had a really dense crowd because people really get into it for Cardi. Push, forward, but like yeah. so do they. But but then again, they do for Uzi too. The yeah, one that was like, <laughs> yeah, dude, that would, we'll get to that. Uh, but yeah, no, I liked it. I love the stage setup. I, uh, you know, I, I lament that they're not at Douglas Park anymore, but I think they probably may. I think they did a really good job with what right. they, what they were given. I definitely think there are better venue options, but as far <clears throat> as what Cole and the team put together for how to set this up, I think they were very successful. Yeah, I fully agree. I think the the highest positive for me was actually the selection of food, which sounds crazy. Yeah. So like the fact that there were so many different food trucks and like pricing wasn't like kill me level. Yeah, no, it's, so, it was like I have it like was weird, like going to a movie theater, which is kind of wild. It was, like, I have like, like I have like weirdly strong opinions about food prices at music festivals. I'll say this, like it this was the second cheapest. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, there's yeah, like Riot Fest is obscene. And my house and pitchfork are even more. Dude, right? my like, my you, benchmark, yeah, my yeah. benchmark for that is like going to Formula One, yeah. where it's just like rich yeah. Europeans. But, so but, they they're charging like fourteen dollars for a little metal can of yeah. beer. Like, I, I still think I still think the craziest thing in, is though, like, because it's a festival that's known pretty pretty accurately for being very expensive, but like some of the food at the same vendors that show up at Lala. Was like literally double the price at at summer summer smash. Oh really? Mm. Like the I didn't know that. Yeah, Lala has like suspiciously cheap food. (laughs) Like I remember one year we went and we got chicken, 
it was pre-pandemic for the Childish Gambino show. And like it was cheaper than going to the Heralds on state and right there. Like wow. it was maybe it's the they really like know that they're gonna I think get they their have marketing a very, in. I think they have a very good contract with the city. Yeah, like, I think sense. they have a very lucrative contract with the city that like Summer Smash just doesn't have because it hasn't been there for 30 years. And it's also right. not in the city either. Right. Yeah. And like it's also in, not in the yep. city. And like, look, they're doing something right because it was still better than most festivals. <laughs> right. It's just exactly. that Lala is bizarre. Like uh, uncanny. Compete with yeah, that. uncanny. Dude, Lala has eight dollar beers. Like, right. But uh, that's actually what you mentioned in terms of actually being in the city or not. I think no. that was the most negative part. Yeah. Of the concert. Even though I'm a suburban guy, I loved going to this concert and having it be so close. But like, it is every venue completely in the city unaccessible. Yeah. yeah, it's completely unaccessible for like public transportation. Yeah, it's not even close. Oh, like it's it it's such... hella people just trash driving. Like you're the... jam packing thousands and thousands of people. Yeah, Friday when we got there, kind of later in the day than we did Saturday and Sunday, right? The time to get over the bridge and like in a parking space was like double the time it takes for me yep. to take to transit to Grant Park and get into the festival. Right. It's it, 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 it takes absurd. it took longer than my drive to Douglas Park, which is on the other side of town. Right. So it's yeah, it's not a very accessible stadium. Uh once again, I think but that's once again, that's an inherent vice of that venue. I think Summer yes. Smash I don't know. Maybe on the outside, it kind of sucks like every festival does. But, like, I think they did so, as good a job as they could. But, you know. And they provided parking. They actually yeah. had enough parking. Yeah. 40, yeah. And it was, good. yeah. So I'm looking at a map right now. Um, first things first, mad props to them for the set design, like the full design of the venue, because that turf we were on. That's just gravel normally. Like it's usually just like parking lot, from what I can yeah. see. Okay. So that's ins- that's crazy. Oh, if they laid down that turf for us, that's that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I had no idea. And then, it looked like it was a soccer field. Yeah, it does. It, it looks like one, but it's it's just like they put it down for that. That's all gravel usually. And then second off, how absolutely baller would it be if at some point Summer Smash is held on Northerly Island because that it's a was, little bit bigger. That is- 100% god you read my fucking mind like yes. that is 100% the <laughs> venue I think Summer Smash I think Riot we Fest spent should three move. days together the I mind melt is complete I think, I think Riot <laughs> Fest should move there too like I love Northerly Island the only the problem, music festival I don't want to move is Lala because I love it the problem is getting in and out but that's it like yeah but it's a lot it, it's a lot better than this situation was Although, you know, we happened to get lucky, but, you know, it was kind of kind of a nightmare when it came to accessibility. Like, I give Lyrical Lemonade all the credit in the world for really making a good experience out of, like, the, the palette that they had. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the venue, you know, so-so. So, I think the other half I want to look into, especially opening up on the first day, we were thinking about the venue. How do you feel about <laughs> the actual people that are there? Yeah, this is this is this is the other like big problem I have. Are we something. talking the crowd? Yeah, the crowd, yes. the general about the crowd, the general admission. Like, yeah. What are your just thoughts in general? Because I I'll, I just want to open up the conversation with the fact that by I think it was the third day or something like that. I looked at both of you, and I asked, 
what percentage of the population actually went to Lyrical Lemonade's website, took their own card and money, paid for it, and are there for themselves? Yeah. Versus like everyone else, whether it be parents paid for it, you're on a date and someone brought you, or just like people like us who ended up just being there. Like, what is the actual percentage? Because I think we were around 50 to 60%, and I think that's accurate, and that says a lot. Yeah. Well, this is because, like, what's the market for this, right? Like, and we talked about this a little bit, like, because the bigger music festivals, the reason why they're able to be so big is because they have multiple audiences, right? Like, Lala has, like, it's an alternative rock festival at its heart, right? So Mm -hmm. it has, like, those Gen Xers who are now, like, the most, like, uh, have the most dispensable outcome out of any generate, like, group of people, right? Mm -hmm. But it also has the crowd of people who just go to festivals, like, to get fucked up and party, right? And it seems like Summer Smash is kind of tailor-made for that crowd. And, like, good on it, like... they need somewhere to go to right Right. like it's not a bad thing like it's a good fusion of like genre and audience they they're certainly successful for a reason but Mm. it's just like i'm a 31 year old dude man and like it was it was not not acting old (laughs) yeah no it was tough and like it's just not my vibe right like Mm. and yeah i have I, i it's weird like when you go to these things like yearly for a while like a little bit Right. You feel like you have a relationship with it. And I'm like at the point like with Riot Fest where I'm going to go every year, regardless of how I feel about who's opening. Right. Or who's Mm -hmm. like playing. I go there for the fest. Uh, I would certainly never bat an eye at getting a ticket to Summer Smash to see someone I really want to see because I really like the presentation. The crowd's manageable, like to exist and see a show. You can avoid it. (laughs) It wasn't like it, it didn't sully the experience for me. But it's also, like, not made for me very visibly, <laughs> right? And, like, look, there was one set where we looked around and we are like, oh, we're kind of the same age as everyone here. And, and it's literally because, like, we were in a certain section. It was because we were in a – it was a certain section. I think it was also a certain artist. Like, yes, yeah, that is it was well. certainly an artist that played to an older crowd more than everyone else there. Which just makes sense. Uh, I don't know if more, but definitely on le- on the level. Yeah, definitely compared to the other people. Compared to like Uzi, who like I <laughs> yeah, liked more. Sure. I yeah. liked more. I liked yeah, Uzi yeah. more than Future, but Future definitely has an older audience. I think that was hundred percent. Yeah, but I think I'm surprised at Cuddy too, because like I know Cuddy has a huge crossover generationally. Like he does. I, yeah, there were plenty of people like our age at Cuddy, but there was a lot of like young ragers, and that was the mm. other thing, right? Like Cuddy's a perfect example because like yeah, there were moments that were like great. But like a literal fight happened at Cuddy. Two. Like two. two like literal multiple fights, right? Like actual like like a fight happened. And when we get to when we get to day two, like we'll get to like maybe an artist kind of maybe called out the issue I think I have with this kind of crowd. But it's yeah. like uh but yeah, no, it's people who just go to these festivals to rage, you know, and like look, that's fine. Like we should not like shun people for doing that. People have been doing going to music festivals for that reason since the 60s. Mm-hmm. But it's also just not my crowd. And it's also very young. It's very aggressive. And, like, it was just not a vibe. I, like, really... It felt like I had to deal with it. Not, like, when I go to, like, Riot Fest or my house where it's like, oh, this is, like, my space where it's like, I feel super comfortable being here, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was, like, one of the first things I noticed on day one because, like, 
I'll say it. I'm 26. I'm not like old, but like I literally felt old being yeah. there. Just Me because too. like everyone else in how they act and portrayed and like handled themselves. Yeah. I think it was the most impactful on day one for me, actually realizing that one, because it's the first time that you're getting that open exposure. And like two, I was actually looking at the lineup, more people, and I don't know if you guys felt this way as well, but what I've heard and what I just like, rather be on social media or at the actual festival, people were the most upset with day one and the performances. And if you actually take a look at it, obviously future is the most mature one, I think out of everyone, but like, Kid Cudi has a mixture with the more calm crowd. Yeah. Vince Staples is extremely calm. Yeah, he's like, yeah. Freddie Gibbs. Boys is like, what, what's going on here? Yeah. So it just feels, and even Lorilla, who I think was one of the most surprising acts that I saw. Probably the weekend. most surprising act of the weekend. Absolutely. When we get to, are we getting into day one officially? Sure. Let's yeah. just get into yeah, day one. Let's get into day one. Let's yeah. keep this moving. Um, What we had, and just give you a quick lineup. We first went to go see Freddie Gibbs. We saw Glorilla. We saw Vince Staples. And we saw Kid Cudi to end the night. Um, so starting off with Freddie Gibbs, how did you guys feel? Well, that was my first time seeing him live, personally. Yeah. So it so, was a very similar show to like when I saw him last year at the Metro. Uh, Freddie has like an incredible vibe on stage. And I think he brought it really well to Summer Smash. Mm-hmm. But I think more than anyone else booked the entire weekend, I think Freddie Gibbs was uh, put against type, kind of. He is the biggest outlier, I mm-hmm. think, in, like, the... Because co- this isn't a strict hip-hop festival, right? This, right. Is, you know, it, it kind of feels like someone like a J. Cole would be as out of place as someone like the White Stripes. Like, uh, <laughs> and it's... Uh, yeah, and I think Freddie Gibbs kind of falls more into the, the the I don't want to say like mature adult rap, but like you know the more it is mature. No, I would agree. The, with the that. hardcore, yeah, the hardcore hip hop lane with like the Griseldas and the Run the Jewels. Okay, yeah, yeah, and all that. You know, like the hardcore. You know, the Pusha T lane. You know, look, we all talked about how much we would have liked Pusha T to have been there, but like, is he really like? I think that's kind of a stretch too. You know. No, yeah, I think it'll be less of a stretch than Freddie Gibbs, but I do. I'll give you that. Like, I'll give you that. Yeah, just I he's, agree. All, he's a lot more popular I, just in general. Exactly. Uh, but I thought he gave a great performance. It was awesome yeah. seeing him just hang out the rest of the day. He uh, was very, very easy to spot. Uh, <laughs> I feel like he was intoxicated. Yeah, just like, totally. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Obviously, like most of these artists are, even though like some, I feel like the headliners may not be that much because they actually had to like perform to for so many people. But like Freddie Gibbs was pretty messed up, and it was actually very entertaining to see because he was very friendly with the crowd, personable, talking to people. He talked about it. He brought his son out. Yeah, when they that opened, was super cool. He brought his son out. He was so wearing was a Blackhawks like, jersey in ninety degree heat. <laughs> They tried it's, to make him yeah. stop at curfew like four times, and he just yeah. kept rapping. It said "Big Rabbit" on the back. Very yeah. important. Yeah. So, so yeah, no, I thought Freddie Gibbs was great. He was super early in the night, which doesn't like. It's kind of a bummer. It was because, at like, like four p.m. Right. Very. It was early. Some, yeah, it was very early. Like, I don't know. Like, I see from my perspective, like I see Freddie Gibbs as like a bigger act than like Glorilla and all that, but like you just. Not at this festival. 
Yeah, no, yeah. not at this festival. But speaking of which, probably wow, the wow. biggest surprise of the weekend. Glorilla. Honestly, because like, we've listened to her music for the show. Yeah, no, she yeah. was one of my favorites too. I, I, but I think, in terms of like the shocker, yeah, I think number she, one for me, number one, like just because like I had no expectation going into it. Yeah, I know that like maybe three of her songs. Yeah, and like we've listened to her music like when she's on like Don Tolliver's project. Mm. We've listened to her about uh, for other things. She's not my style, right? Like she's not. She's New York drill. She's, you know, it's not. Yeah, I don't listen. It's to, for the ladies. I let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, I don't listen to the dudes in that subgenre. You know what I mean? Like, I don't uh, know. I'll pop. Some, I'll pop some smoke every once in a while. Yeah, but uh, that's fair. More than every once in a while. But damn, this <laughs> this tiny ass girl came out, bro, and dominated, dude, with like I, these super. I just wasn't in, ready. Yeah, super intricate, like <laughs> dancers. Totally, like if you're watching this right now, Glorilla is. A, a artist to watch if she's at yeah, a show a near must you see. she's a must-see right absolutely she kicked people out yeah you guys catch that yeah i'm not surprised she, somebody like threw something and she like saw them and was like get these two. Oh yeah, yeah. she did yeah yeah, yeah. i saw that i wish Props. we were i that was the one thing like our our seats were pretty incredible but they were also like far away and that was one mm. I would have liked to have been closer for. For, for that one, yeah. Yeah, for yeah. that one. There's a few of them, but overall. I mean, the thing is, we just, I, I don't think anyone was ready because I, I yeah, ended we up did not, speechless. Yeah, we I, did not. Like, yeah, I you're looked right. at Brandon you're totally throughout right. the thing, and I was like, I, I couldn't even talk. My mouth, like my jaw <laughs> hit the ground. Yeah. Like, I was just Because it was, just, it was an artist that we, we literally only saw Glorilla because, like, one, one I think we were all kind of curious to see Ice Spice. Yeah. Like I think we, Ice Spice was someone we all wanted to see, and she didn't end up being able to perform. Uh, so I think Glorilla was like the closest to that. And honestly, I think she would have been better. Glorilla oh. would have been better than Ice Spice. Oh, one hundred percent. There was a 100%. dance for every single like word. Yeah. she did and a dance for every single word. She was at hundred hundred percent every single time. It just right? it, so. every song, the way it built up, because obviously throughout a set you start getting to the more popular songs. Yeah. And so as the set grew like longer and it goes further, like I, I kept looking at you and I was just like, I'm, I can't even say anything. And then she does her ending song and like the music just stops and like the crowd is screaming. Like <laughs> to the point where like I felt it <laughs> like yeah. where we were sitting. Yeah. And yeah, I was totally. just like, I, I honestly started tearing up. I was just yeah, like, no, I'm so she, happy for her. Like, this is amazing. This, it was huge. It was huge. I spent all of Monday showing Rachel her music videos. Like, you have no idea how <laughs> fucking incredible this girl was live. I saw this live. Yeah, you have no idea. And was, she's like, this is not my usual music, but I gotta like it. Cause she listens, I was totally she blown loves, away. Yeah, I was absolutely yeah, like also just like the size of the crowd like i didn't expect oh, yeah, really to bring out a crowd like that yes. yeah absolutely that was one of the first things you said because so many people were lining up was like is this for her like because i think we almost we weren't sure if she, she was late going. She, she was, she was like an hour late. late yeah yeah exactly yeah. we thought we missed her so we was thinking like who is this crowd for and yeah. then she came out just like jesus christ like obviously it's for her yeah no and it, it was insane. and the crowd was moving she completely completely had control over it Right, oh, it was insane. It was nuts. It's gonna be crazy seeing her. Absolutely, when she has like a bigger like presence, like a bigger like a 
headliner or whatever mm-hmm. i want to be there i want to see that. Oh, her sell out sell out the, the venue yeah. yeah interesting thing is what jasper said to me because I'm, I'm pretty sure throughout the actual show you just turned to me and was just like it's like a little beyonce and i was like low key she was like, yeah <laughs> it was like a little beyonce yeah it was crazy yeah. little beyonce <laughs> so absolutely well, with glad. the backup dancers it reminded me of destiny's exactly. child yeah because yeah, no, she had backup dancers everything was very choreographed and i looked into it i didn't see anything about a cheerleading background or like any anything like that like oh yeah said. you said that too yeah. like gymnastics because or something. i was thinking like she's got to have some kind of background to like choreograph all this so yeah. tightly but i did find out that she used to sing choir and then switched mm-hmm. to rapping when she lost her voice like oh, she, lost her high, her, she lost her yeah, high she lost her high register she does have a deep voice she does have a very deep voice. And I think, I think like, that helps because like because the deep voice. <laughs> it's definitely like it carries, right? Mm, yeah. We'll get to that when we talk to another artist who I think their voice <laughs> really carried in that stadium. But like, yeah, no, I mm-hmm. could not say nicer things about Glorilla. Absolutely. Yeah. And then we had the surprise. Surprise, yes. So like, Ice Spice couldn't make it. I think I'm like be honest with you. You guys left it off the sheet. I just put it in there. I did. Yeah, I did leave it off the sheet. Yeah, yeah we I forgot about it because yeah. like I just saw the TV. I was looking pulling up the schedule. I saw TBA, and I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> completely forgot. But yeah, so Ice Spice wasn't able to be there. Unfortunate because I think she was someone we were all kind of curious about. Dude, right. I was I was dead. There were people with munch teas all yeah. weekend, and like she wasn't there. Yeah, dude, it must have. I saw people with like there were four guys, four uh, almost t- late, very late Christ. teens or adult men walking around with black shirts. They had like thing one, thing two, thing three, thing four, but it was munch one, munch two, three, and four. Jesus First off, Christ. they just wanted to get in that, and I yes. salute them. <laughs> Secondly, it must. I'm, I'm not mad at them. I she had merch on sale. Like it she was, did. Yeah, 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 it was insane. Uh, and look, I gotta keep it real because, like, I remember last year there was a controversy, right? When Ice Spice she released Munch, and then she immediately was brought out at Rolling Loud, right? Mm-hmm. And everyone was like, "This girl has one song. Like, did you expect her to be great when she performed live, right? Because like she didn't do that great." And like, we've seen a lot of growth from Ice Spice in the past year, and I was curious, like, what is this gonna look like? So I was bummed to not see it, but little Yachty. We got something that I, I honestly like of someone who I don't really listen to super regularly. I was very happy. I was very happy. I was excited. I'm super excited because he's one of the sub headliners at Lala this year. So I'm going to be seeing him again. And I'm wondering like how his set is going to differ. Seeing is an interesting point. Seeing broccoli live. Oh, fills fills a part of my soul. I, I didn't know was vacant so much. Sing Poland live, <laughs> Poland too. But for I me, love... broccoli holds a special place, man. That that like 2016, yeah, like no, I stuff. Love, I love Minnesota. Yep. Yeah, dude. Yeah, that that that's my favorite era of Yachty for sure. The Poland's, uh, Brock, not Poland, broccoli. That was that was one of my favorite songs to see throughout the entire weekend because like that is just one of my favorite songs. Like I wish Dram was there. I wish he brought out Dram. That would have been uh, where is Dram now? I haven't heard. Anything I don't know, about dude. Him in a long time. I definitely think of all rappers, I think he would be the one who likes to hang out with me the most. He seems very <laughs> chill and would go see movies. Uh, but yeah, no, Yachty had amazing energy. Insane that they got someone with like the prestige he does in such a short notice. But him and Cole, are he's tight. a summer smash veteran. So yeah, it just kind of worked. He came out yeah. with his infamous um, walkout song, and he did that again. Yeah. He, 
you know, like the super famous video of him walking out, like dancing. That's at like one of the summer smash. It was a yeah. That's that's the second one, I think. Yeah. So, um, it just worked. So I looked up Dram. First album, 2016, Atlantic and Empire. Second mm-hmm. album, 2021. It took five years. It didn't chart at all. Yeah. yeah. And if he was on Atlantic and Empire, now he's not. The one that came out, there's one that came out in 2022 in November on a label called Waver. No charting. So I think he just like had a misstep, didn't put anything out for a long time, maybe got dropped and then signed to somebody else, somebody smaller. Makes sense. Yeah. I'm I'm wishing for the best for him. But yeah, no, I I liked Little Yachty. It was a hell of a show. It was kind of a shorter set, but it was fantastic. Well, it's because he took so much time to hand out those goddamn water bottles. Dude, that's the other thing, man. He he did the bit where he did the what was the song he did the water bottles for? Was it I Spy? I don't even remember. No, no it wasn't I Spy. It was it was a, it was a it very was upbeat else. song, and I don't yeah, yeah. I couldn't recommend. Being I Spy alive too was also yeah, like one of my bucket list songs. Yeah, and like, I could have actually seen him bringing out Kyle for that. Not gonna lie. Yeah, yes. Dram not so much, but I could have seen Kyle being. Kyle, like, yeah. yeah. Um, it was very. It was kind of very funny and like kind of hard not to laugh at it in the moment to be like, because he kept being like, I don't have a lot of time. Yeah. And then he's and like, then spent like five I'm minutes spend out water bottles. 10 minutes handing out water bottles for a one minute, for a 20 for second video. Minute. Yeah. It for a, video. It's going to make a viral clip. Yeah. yeah. They already is. posted it. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah they, they did. Yeah. Immediately. Yeah. yeah. So it was, I was very happy to see Yachty. It was very fun. Dude. He had to have been so warm with what he was wearing. Yeah. He was wearing like the full, like long sleeves, long pants, like camo outfit. I was like, bro, stop. Yeah. <laughs> stop it. It's 90 degrees outside. It was hot that entire week. Real hot. Yeah. yeah. All right. So then we um, had Vince Staples. We were kind of running around for Vince Staples. So yes, we did not that get as crazy. we did not give it the full attention that we were able to give the last three artists we talked about. Right. Uh, but what I did see, I I enjoyed. Third? Yeah. Yeah. What I did see, I enjoyed great. quite a bit. Like Vince kills it. He's another one though that I think is playing really against type there. Yeah. Yes. And That's like, actually what I was gonna say. you know, and he yeah, has most of the stuff he has is a little bit slower in general. Yeah. Yeah. That was, yeah. Yeah. So like, I thought he did a great job, but it just did not scratch my Vince Staples itch. I definitely feel like when he's touring, I want to see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I really wanted to see Bag Back live, man. Yeah. I, I really wanted to see 745, but 745 too. I yeah. And it's like, did, but we missed it. yeah, because we, like yeah. yeah, we wanted to get good seats for Cuddy, which I'm right. not upset about, you know. Yeah. No, Cuddy turned out to be a very controversial I'll make that uh, deal. set, uh, <clears throat> which is interesting to me because I thought it was very, very good, but if anything, a little boring. Right. I thought it was very yep. typical. Like, I thought it was exactly the songs he would play. You know, don't get me wrong. A lot of them are songs I really wanted to see live because I haven't seen them since the Passion, Pain, and Demon Slaying tour. Uh, mm. But yeah, no, it just seemed like a very standard Cuddy set. And like he came out, he put his whole self into it. So I can't get too mad, but it's like, yeah. you know, I, I don't, have, I don't yeah. understand the the strong hate. I think it's just because like, I feel like... I. Here's a, here's a hot take for you. I feel like the younger audience there thinks they know what Cuddy sounds like through artists that they actually listen to, like Kanye. So I think when people of that younger group hear Cuddy, they think like "Father, stretch my hands" and like 
type shit. And then when they hear actual Cuddy, they're very, there's like a cognitive dissonance moment because there were a lot of people leaving early who were like of that age yeah, group. We, I saw groups of people lot. going past me. Yeah. And yeah, more, I'll be honest. I'll be honest. I think this was a weaker set than when Purvis, you and I saw him at United Center. Totally um, agree. I think he was super solid in doing new mode. I think new mode live was very cool. I don't think he needed to do a second song off of Intergalactic. I don't think he needed to do Angel. Um, yeah. I think he also could have skipped Memories. I yeah. honestly don't like that song because it's a David Guetta song that happens to have Cuddy on it and not a Cuddy song. So yeah. it musically sounds nothing like him. Um, and playing that and then Pursuit of Happiness back to back, it's like he closed out with dance tracks. And I think that was just kind of like. Yeah, that's. Yeah. Look, you here's the thing. I, I know he, I know he plays the Pursuit of Happiness remix every time. Every time. Like, and I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at that at all. I'm not mad but at that the, at the all, but I would back, like... The back-to-back back of the two. I totally yeah. agree. Totally agree. Yeah. I'm building yeah. off that. I, yeah. I definitely would like at least once in my life to hear just regular, regular like, Pursuit of Happiness. Well, that's what he did at Passion Paint. Yeah. Did he? Yeah. Yeah. It was so fucking he's loud, like, I remember. It was like, so loud. Like place anymore, basically. True. Yeah. yeah. So, but, so technically, we have seen it. It was the, that was the highlight of that show for me, aside from yeah. obviously Father Stretch My Hands. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, yeah, no. So like, I don't know. I thought it was very standard. Like, I I want. I thought Cuddy would be my favorite set from the weekend, and he wasn't. He's not even in the top three. But like, nope. I was. But I also can't say I was disappointed. That's fair. I wasn't disappointed. I think, yeah. Yeah, I can't I mean, say I was completely. I was. I was disappointed with the crowd for this show. Sure, I yeah, definitely. The people around us were super disrespectful. There yeah. was a lot of like jeering and bullshit. Of, a lot of jeering. The guy in front of me was like lo- was fighting Molly and losing. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, was, the girl behind me was. This is her favorite. Falling art. over me trying yeah. to take videos, and I yeah. like literally had to push her. Yeah. yeah, I I'm I'm low key salty about the way that crowd was. Yeah. I don't think they there was any respect there for for what he does. And the thing is, I know from a reliable source who you both met that um, Cuddy was there specifically because the people who are more or less in charge of the music festival and put on the music festival really like Cuddy. They kind of did it for them. And it, you could tell it doesn't play to the demographic. Like it was, yeah. it was one of those things where it was like the old, the adults in the room made a decision, and then the crowd didn't really go for it. It's just, it's crazy to me that we're at the point where like Kid Cudi is too. I know it's yeah. insane, but but you think about yeah. it, 2007 being the breakout that's hit, like say, that's a long it, time ago. It, yeah, it's just like that's what I was gonna get into because like, it, don't get me wrong, it benefits us because we're we are all Kid Cudi fans, and we yeah. have had the luxury of knowing him and growing with yeah. him because if these kids grew up with a man in the moon they would probably act like us but they yeah do. yeah exactly that's just that's the nature of the beast so like even if he gives a standard performance which is what i think it was i yeah. do think it was a little bit slower it, it just, was it doesn't yeah. fit it, it doesn't fit with what we were trying to do and yeah because like once again like it, not, it but... all comes down to like this is a festival made for like the festival rap yeah. like the people who go exactly. there like I do think, like a main driver of like the appeal of this festival is that it's the one tailor made to do drugs and rage at, like mm-hmm. m- way more than any other one in the city, um, yeah. besides so, maybe North Coast. Like, so I just pulled up this set list for this. He played eighteen songs, which it did not feel like. He played a lot of songs, like only part of the way through. 
Yeah, but like that—that that seems to be pretty typical for hip hop shows, right? It like, totally is. Yeah, I mean, the only the person who didn't do that is Cardi. Cardi yeah. went all the way through, which I, yeah. I'm always very surprised by, but it yeah. makes sense because his his he flows into one another with the guitar. Yeah, but I'm just gonna run through this real quick for like our listeners here. Open with Porsche Topless, followed up with She Knows This, which is a banger, yeah. and the crowd was just like standing there. I'm surprised people were not moshing to She yeah. Knows This. Um, then he did Dive, which is actually how it goes on the album. Extremely on good. Moon 3. Yeah, extremely good. Very song. good. Dive is an under, underrated song, I think. 100% then did, agree. Then he did Revofev, which I like. I think this is where he started to lose a lot of the younger audience. Yeah. You because know, that is a, a an acquired taste. You know what? Th- this was a Lala set. Like, that's what this really was. This totally. Is where people 100%. Who want to stand in Grant Park and sing along. 100%. Right? And that was like, me. I was like singing along to everything. Yeah. And people around me were did not know the words. They were just kind of like sitting yeah. there waiting for something hype to like jump to um yeah, and then he did new mode mm-hmm. which i think is a, a, sl- a slow banger like yeah, it, it hits go. as a song but like it's yeah. not the energy then he debuted angel first ever live performance of angel wow. cool song wrong venue i'm sorry wrong like, wrong venue Extremely i even like the i even like the performance because i like that yeah, song a lot i think that was me one too. of the better songs than Enter galactic yeah, the girls behind us was screaming that song. Yeah. Jesus Christ! True, that's true. There, I remember that. But Where'd they were you come also from? Older. Yeah, she no, was screaming true. that song. <laughs> that was that was funny. Um, and then he brought the energy back up with just what I am, which yeah. again, that's like one of his cult classics. And the people around me were not singing along; they yeah. just like didn't know the words. That, that song goes so hard live. Yep, and then soundtrack to my life followed by solo dolo solo dolo live is underrated i Very love good. that song because yeah, no, like he played solo dolo part three when purvis and i saw him so yeah. we've seen we've seen two of the three now glad to see the original <laughs> i saw the ori- i saw what? solo dolo two once but not with kendrick yeah, yeah i can see that yeah i saw him on the um, tour so naturally yeah there you go uh sky might fall i think was yeah. also a little out of place at yeah. this venue Man, and when you list these songs, it the, it, it hits. Everything's it, making sense. It sounds though. a lot. Yeah, it like everything makes sense. What happened happened for a reason. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're right, but also like it kind of like I'm like, man, I like a lot of these songs. Like these songs are all really good. Like maybe I like this set more than this I thought. This is true. Yeah, it's right? a good set. It's a good set. Heart yeah. of and then he followed up Sky Might Fall with Heart of a Lion, which I love. and then that and then that we went into Ghost, which he did last time too. Ghost, Ghost is like is another good. one of his. Yeah classics yeah but the, no one knew ghosts around me yeah. no one knew ghosts i was me. i was thinking along nobody else was yeah, yeah. and then he did Which mr rager mr rager yeah. people mr. knew yeah and he did he did the he did the call and response thing where the crowd sings the actual like tell me where you're going and then the actual backing comes in for i'm off on the adventure yeah. then he did the prayer which he did on our tour when we saw him i cried last time didn't cry this time yeah <laughs> uh and then he did the scots with a lot of build-up he really thing. wanted everyone to think Man, Travis Scott was going to really be there. Thought, dude, I thought Travis was coming out. If dude, Travis no, was coming was, out, we would have died. Bro, no, would dude, have died. He, was, he was farming that, dude. He, like, I think... Okay, but like, there was a second. Because even I looked at you and you was like, I don't that's, know. That's what I mean. <laughs> that's what I mean. I think he was, like, really, like, wanted... Be- Man. It seemed almost intentional that he wanted people to think Travis was about to come out. Dude, I would kill to see through the, na- through the Late Night Live. Yeah. Honestly, I love that song. Yeah. Me too. And like it, it that I did not appreciate because like one, I think you should never, ever, ever like hold not, an artist not coming out against an artist. Like, I think that's a really no, bizarre statement. Yeah, no, that's fine. No. But this is like you are really leaning on this. <laughs> yeah. 
dude that happened to me <laughs> that happened to me when i saw justin timberlake at formula one he played the intro to magna carta holy grail and then just went into another song when right. the jay-z part was gonna come on i was like you piece of shit <laughs> did you really think jay-z was gonna be at formula one <laughs> it's an it's an internet international motorsport event i could totally That's see fair. jay-z being at formula one they yeah, had actually there's fun- a ton of people at florida at the yeah event. they had fucking will i am do conduct the <laughs> symphony for 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 the other one if they could if will i am is a conductor for a symphony in florida jay-z <laughs> can show up to headline yeah um, maybe, ba- maybe. <laughs> ba- back to the list after the Scots was surfing. Another one that nobody knew the words to. Nope. Yeah. I, I like that song. That. I really wish he did more Passion Pain, Demon Slayer songs in general. Seeing yeah. Ki- seeing Kitch- no seeing Kitchen live as part of his original set was fire. I really like that song, and I wish he would have done that live again. Um, then he did Memories, David Guetta, which you know, and yeah. then Pursuit of Happiness, Steve Aoki remix. Okay. I have a very quick question. Then. Yeah, and then we'll move on to day two. Yeah, and then we can move on to day two. Mm-hmm. Genuinely curious in your honest opinion. Mm-hmm. Looking at this lineup and looking at this or the the set list for this um, for Kid Cudi's performance, we all. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna say me. I'm gonna speak for myself. I like old Kid Cudi more than new Kid Cudi. I'm not gonna lie, and I me think too. he is significantly better. Pre passion pain and. Demon I would cut. I'm not it saying he's bad. Satellite flight. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm not saying the new stuff is bad. That's that's not what I'm trying to like get across. Yeah. The fact he did a lot, a lot of new things, like a mm-hmm. lot of new music. I mean, if you look at the set list, that's a good significant part of it coming from newer albums. Yeah, I, I just, I'd say I, it's I, about I, half. It's about half and half. Yeah, it's about half and half. I thought it was a pretty even mix, to be honest. I mean, I guess we've we discussed it before. I just feel like it didn't fit. It, it just didn't fit. I I totally Even get the didn't us, fit. It, I totally get the didn't fit. Like yeah. I totally. This is that. a great set list in a vacuum. As part of this festival, it yeah. it doesn't fit. Yeah. yeah, no, it was it was a lot like, of set list for people. Like in yeah. a in a vacuum, the majority of these songs are classics, and yeah. like they deserve it. And mm-hmm. a lot of them that aren't classics are still super solid, just like nice little tracks. Yeah, but I also want to give him yeah. credit for like. You know, leaving it all on the stage. I think that's true. Pretty much everyone yeah. we saw. Uh, and, you know, for stringing it all together well, at least in my opinion. Uh, <clears throat> but, yeah, no. All right. Do we want to move on to day two? Yeah, let's do it. All um, right. So day two, big thing. We saw Nardwar. Who do we meet? <laughs> we met Nardwar. I don't know if you guys have seen it. Uh, it's been, and all we don't, over. we don't mean saw like we waved to him. No, we talked to Nardwar. He had a full conversation. He, he <laughs> said he was going to check out the Oh boy interview. Like who knows? But like we saw Nardwar. It's interesting. Nardwar's posting all the videos from summer smash and it's like, Oh, I know those gates. Oh, I know. Like, I was yeah, right I know, there. I know where <laughs> yeah. that is. It's I, like, I, I remember somebody walking, walk through those gates. I remember yeah. walking past that suite and seeing several armed guards. Like, yep. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, um, so, yeah. So, real talk. Like, we always, I think something we do on this podcast I really like is we put the music sent like forward, right? But obviously, like, the content creators around the music are super important to us because that's how we got here. Mm-hmm. So, being able to meet Nardwar, that was cool. That was like a bucket list thing. You know, Absolutely. so. Yeah. And I did, did not, that was not on the list of people I thought I would meet. No. Yeah. That was like, <laughs> 
a wild random encounter. Yeah, no. I, I didn't even know he was going to be at the venue. And plus, at the time, Brandon, you had said something to throw me off completely. You was like, when's the last time we worked together? And I was like, dude, don't do that. Like, <laughs> like I was already in like a weird headspace. And then you come back from the room, you're just like, dude, it's right there. <laughs> like, you were all I, chill, I chill. knew he was going to be there. I didn't know he was going to be in that close proximity to us. Yeah, so it was cool. We basically were passing Nardwar the entire weekend. Like yep. it was, it was very. He got his interview with Uzi. We basically were right there. <laughs> yeah, I brought him food. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so yeah, no, getting to meet Nardwar was fantastic. And Absolutely. day two, I'm gonna say it, best day. Uh, yes. Yeah, best day for me. Uh, so Should we, we, go we saw a, a long performance. Yeah. So the first three, I was kind of mid on. But the last three, I was like, fuck. I Jesus, really Jesus Christ. Yeah. So we started off with Maddox. Okay. Now, Jasper, yeah. you brought us to Maddox. Yeah, you brought us I to did Maddox. bring you to Maddox. Yeah, You're you welcome. You got to admit, you got to admit, like, yeah, it's it's not the most interesting stuff, but he knows how to power up a crowd. And yeah, he did no, he, had, he, he had, put on a great show. Yeah, he put all his skill points in stage presence. I'll say that. Like, he. Yeah. Like I saw a girl get lost. Like yeah, I there saw... were two girls trying <laughs> yeah. to leave while the mosh pit was still yeah. open. Yeah. And like one was through and the other one just like lost and she yeah. just turned around. She's just like that's she said and, so that, <laughs> <She's> that experience, <laughs> the way that crowd was is how I strive, like how I would love to see the energy level of like every crowd, one of these things. Yeah. Like that's how I felt inside about Cuddy. But at the same time, it just like was not the vibe for yeah. for that crowd. Yeah, yeah. But like you know, I I think Maddox just like he makes the music that that cr- he makes yes. the music that like you just ah and like you know you he's also <laughs> yes. you take and he's also Molly and just rage you. <laughs> you right? don't yeah. think about anything. And, you don't even know right? music's going. You can't on. even demographic wise. You can't even think he's... through. Freddie gives his cocaine bars in that state. Right, no. like yeah, and he's he's eighteen now. Yeah, so like he is the perfect like. You can talk the whole like parasocial relationship thing for like a lot of people in that like the age group for this concert. He's like a peer in a sense, in that way. Yeah, no, he totally is. It's just like, it's just that that. that he's a Cardi clone, and it's just I don't like, know, dude. I'm I was just so excited to see Money Live. Like, yeah, that's that's that's, that's something that like is rare i think is seeing songs that are from artists who have passed and seeing them live through like yeah. somebody who was featured that's not something you see every day and i thought that was really cool yeah. something yeah. i will say and i guess this is like the first thing that's close to a bummer that i had and it comes up with t grizzly is mm-hmm. uh yeah there was a lot of covering other artists songs you know yeah and he like, definitely had the most yeah he, he had the most Matt Ox had a couple, uh, Famous Dex had a couple, a few others throughout the weekend did. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, we mentioned it with the DJs where they were all playing, like, the same six songs the entire weekend. Yep. I it, said I said to both of you, I said, someone needs to actually fucking bring out Chief Keef because yeah, if please, I hear Love So So one more Christ. time. Yeah. It was like six times in three days I heard yeah, it at no, least. So, Probably more, to be honest. I, I, yeah. That was... One of the things I really enjoy about music festivals is like the process of discovery. One of the best sets I've ever seen was this artist, Billy Strings. He's a bluegrass musician. I don't fucking listen to bluegrass. I don't get recommended bluegrass because I don't listen to the mainstream country shit, right? 
Mm. So like there's no avenue in this algorithmically generated <laughs> musical world for me to be exposed to someone like Billy Strings. But I can be when he's just on the set list before Metallica, mm-hmm. you know, uh, which I would say is as different from bluegrass as hip hop is right. Like that feeling of musical discovery. I really enjoy about festivals. They lead to some mm-hmm. of my favorite experiences of all time. And that was just like the, the, the factor that was very low here. It felt like a lot of just like the same type of artists over and over again. And like, look, the, yeah. 100%, but like, like, you know, I, I'm not going to take you to a vegetarian restaurant when you say like, Oh, I would have liked meat with that. Then like, well, it's intentional, you know, right. like, you see what I mean? It's like, just, I don't like the vegetarian restaurant. It's yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Right. Like that's exactly like the metaphor I would use. Right. Yeah. Uh, uh so that was just, and with T Grizzly and Famous Dex, I just felt like that was the most obvious. Honestly, way more than Maddox. Like Maddox, at mm. least sounded like of the moment. In yes. that the moment is dominated by Cardi clones. Like, well, the thing is, Maddox arguably is like a Cardi contemporary in a weird way because mm, doesn't sound like it. I know he doesn't now, but like when he when he first came out, it was like 2018, which is like when Cardi was starting to pick up as well. Which is just weird to me that it's like Cardi is that dominant that like the sound like people have gravitated who are still like in the scene at the same time. I don't know. Mm. I just feel like there's like a very high demand for that sound because it's very there is good. yeah. It's very good to jump on the up and down on Malion. Yeah, and like once again, I think Maddox is one of those people where if Cardi dropped every other year, every year, like who would be listening? Yeah, that's fair. You know, and like the only one who I see that has differentiated themselves at all is like Ken Carson and Jaleel a little bit. And even them, you know, even Ken Carson is pretty derivative. I think even Ken Carson's pretty derivative. I think Yeet's pretty derivative. I think he's done a good job of just like being Playboy Cardi even more. Yeah. And his own brand, all the stuff outside the music for sure. But like, you know, all the, all this stuff sounds the same to me. Like, mm-hmm. and like, I also think me and Pervis talked about this a little bit. It seems interesting because it seems like this rage subgenre is like almost like the new SoundCloud music. But think about SoundCloud for a second. Like, the creative diversity between someone like Little Uzi Vert and like Juice World and like Denzel Curry is like worlds larger than like the creative differences between like Maddox and Playboy Cardi and Yeats. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie. I disagree. I feel like Yeet, Yeet, just maybe because I listen to them a lot, but Yeet and Playboy Cardi to me have very separate sounds. I don't know. They seem very much like, I'll, I'll give you that Yeet is the best, like differentiating himself from Cardi. I would and, say there's, there's zero, there's zero like metalcore to Yeet at all. It's like, sure. But there's also like, like the general like song structure. There's the overall philosophy of just like really putting, all your energy into like the energy of it and like you know i don't know because lyrically like stylistically they're so different in their delivery too i think they're all i was gonna say yeet is the one person i'll disagree with you on and i think it's just because you don't listen to them i mean i've listened i've listened to like two albums at this point do i not get an opinion like no you get an opinion obviously but it's just one of those things where like i'm just saying like i don't know it's a difference between saying like i don't like country and then like comparing two country artists, it just doesn't work as much. I mean, I don't, I, I don't think so. And I think you guys are just like in it, and you can't. I, it's I, falling on deaf ears. What does that mean? Like you're listening to it, but you're not 
you don't care. You don't actually listen to the structure. Well, because like it doesn't different. bring anything out for me. Like you know, which is like, fine. Yeah, right. Like, That's what I'm saying. It's just, but like to me, like it does seem like yeah, you're right. Like aesthetically, sonically. You know, right. it does it seem it. No, no, it seems different. You know, like that's mm. where, you know, there's a metal core, like seven strings oh, okay. guitar element to like Cardi, you know, and that isn't what Yeet. Yeet's a lot more industrial. But that evidence of like, I don't think any of them are artists you would describe as lyrical. You know, maybe Cardi a little bit more in the die lit era. But. You know, I, I think like that overemphasis on like energy and almost using your voice like an instrument and not as like a device for lyrics and storytelling. I think that's the overall similarity that all these artists adhere to a lot. And the other thing is that like, I think this is a pretty common sentiment. Like I talked to a few people this weekend who were like, yeah, I'm not into the Cardi clones. Like, I think a lot of people mm. perceive them this way. That's fair. You know, like I could see the vocal component being seen that way. It's just that like Cardi's delivery is like so much more aggressive. Where Yeed is very much laid back on a lot of tracks. I feel and and like I don't think Cardi has anything that sounds like slower Yeet songs. And it's just like to me, there's a a big difference there sonically. Yeah, I just I think ninety nine percent of people would disagree. Like I think most people hear these and it's just like, you know, it, it, it's this. I I think it's just a very insular like subgenre. Yeah, that's fair. You know. Uh but let's get to the the the, the string of three we saw at the main stage of Lyrical Lemonade. We saw G Herbo, Lil Uzi Vert, and Future. Uh G Herbo was a lot of fun. He brought out a lot of local artists. Yes. And I think he voiced a lot of what we were feeling about the festival. Fully enjoying it at this point, you know. Uh, about like the crowd because like mm-hmm. you know G Herbo's like kind of like upbeat and hype but he's not he's not Cardi it's, he's a, not it's a Chicago rapper from the south side rapping about very specific things yeah, you don't and, mosh to this yeah you don't season. mosh to G Herbo and, and like he that, called out the crowd he like, was right. like why are you, <laughs> why are you, why moshing? Are you moshing and he had to stop the, the set like more it was like six times like six times least. more than Cardi had to like which is insane. Yeah. It was during the day. Like yeah, the during sun the was day. out. And it's and like it's G Herbo. Yeah, and it's G Herbo, right? Like I don't give anyone any shit for moshing to little Uzi Vert. That's mosh music. Right. But like it makes sense. But like it doesn't here. Yeah. And it just I think it goes to like, oh, I kind of on one end it's like would I even go to this festival if they did this? But it's like I, I kind of want them to just focus down on like those artists that provide like that what the crowd is looking for. Okay. You know, because like, are you saying like remove some of the, some of the pieces or no? Just like not remove, but just like mm. maybe you don't have G Herbo, maybe you have a Yeet, maybe you don't have mm. Kid Cudi, maybe you have. Well, that's what I mean. Like know. remove those those performances. Yeah, remove. Yeah, just like swap that out. You know. Uh, and it sucks because those are the artists I really enjoyed throughout the weekend. Well, besides I think, Uzi, but I, th- I think that would be kind of the opposite of the growth model, though, because I think they want to do what Lala does, where they find I would, I would a more that. diverse audience. I would, I would love if they did that. I if that is their <laughs> like mo, I think it is because like I'm into it. 
like the growth model, you have to have a diverse range. You got to have people who actually are like yeah. spenders to to pay for things like yep. VIP yeah. and you pay can't, for yeah. You can't festival. have just like one crowd come out. Yeah, because like what happens when this when the the sea changes, right? And I think that's why Kid Cudi and Future were two of the three headliners, and then they were yeah. like, you know what? Fine, we'll give you Cardi for, like for the kids. Like that's like. Cardi, kind of sir, yeah, I would definitely say, look, as someone who's not the the least big Cardi fan on this thing, I think he deserves a headlining spot. Oh, 100%, uh, but I'm but saying yeah, it's no, like they, totally they right. strategically yeah. chose the other headliners to try and draw in an older crowd, I think. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I think they have their work cut out for them, but I yeah. like that idea. You know, like, so if they want to double down on that, cool. I think that would certainly make me more likely to go to this festival because it's going to be completely dependent on the lineup. And yeah, it's and it, it's very possible because we actually talked about that during the week in the VIP section. It was mostly just adults because they can afford yeah. to not be around all the kids. Yeah, and also just like looking at the lineup, I would pay maybe fifty dollars for a one day. Well, not a fifty dollars, but like I'll pay a hundred dollars for like a one day and go see that one artist at yeah. nine p.m. <laughs> if yeah. they had. Yeah, the big X trying to do Yeah, I would do that, and that that's what I do with Lala. <clears throat> I mean, I don't because like Jeff gets me in, but like, uh, or I storm the fences like I did in 2014 <laughs> through 16. Uh, but I, uh, you know, I definitely would that that's kind of like where I am with Summer Smash. Like, I would totally like never bat an eye at going if there was mm. artists I would want to see, you know. But the question is, like, it's a fairly young festival, and in that way, it's exciting because it's very successful at the same time. So it's going to grow. The question mm. is how. And if you know if Jasper's correct, then I think this could evolve into like becoming like a really dope staple. You know, yeah. I think we talked about it. I think the kind of artist that if they want to go in that direction that they need is someone like a Chance the Rapper. You mm -hmm. know, the guy can still sell out the United Center. You know, after dropping one of the worst albums of all time and dipping for three years, like I think yep. that that's the kind of dipping for three years, then putting out one of the worst albums of all time, then dipping for another four years. That's not true. He put out like a shit ton of EP, like a shit ton of songs the year before the big day, and they were actually really good. The singles were good. Yeah, the singles oh, like were hot, good. hot, like hot shower and all of them. No, no, was, no, no. He, he like put out like sing six singles that weren't on the big day. Oh, like uh, security or whatever. Yeah, yeah I need yeah, security. Sixty yeah. fifth and Ingleside. Fair. Uh, I mean, that's fair. But, yeah, and but like the same six time, singles been, is a lot. He'd been gone for two years prior to that, though. 2016 to 2018 was dry. I didn't when when did Coloring Day drop? Did that not drop? 20, in it dropped in March of 2016. Yeah, and then he did or, no May May of 2016. Yeah, and then he did Coloring Day 2016, and then he no, I know he went on tour. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's to be expected. But I mean, I as far know. as like I don't as far as like material and like yeah. studio releases, like if you don't live in Chicago, that's not like of consequence to you. Sure, but like two years between releases is not a big deal. Like, no, I agree with you. It's not, yeah. but it, I mean, I, I for as someone who doesn't really like go out and listen to singles actively as much, for yeah. me, it feels like longer. I guess I didn't really, yeah. and I still don't like Uzi played a lot of singles. I didn't know some of those Uzi songs. Did play a lot of yeah. Singles. So should we get yeah. to Uzi then? Let's yeah, let's get to Uzi. Uh, spoiler alert! My best show of the weekend, I would say. Yeah, honestly. Yeah, this was. I think it was. This was the best show of the weekend. I like Little Uzi Vert. I'm not the biggest fan of Little Uzi Vert. Uh, at the t he, he was always one of my favorite SoundCloud artists from that era. Uh, absolutely thrilled to see him live. Yes. Uh, I said this to Purvis walking out, like on the ride home. Like, 
This I would buy a ticket to see him on tour tomorrow. Like if I, he's touring the Pink Tape, we're yeah. going. I'm sorry, because no, I you still, don't have a choice. I do, I do think, because I do think like his set. I think is, I think he's the kind of artist that is just like has the work to like get through this easily. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like he had a set that was for the Summer Smash crowd, right? But he has a lot of other songs. He totally could have like, you know, done a lot more of like eternal take and like the slower shit that he has done throughout like the entire career so like i would be interested to see like what a full like when uzi doesn't have to fit into like an hour set list what does that Mm -hmm. feel like right that was the other thing is about summer smash i think they they did a good job scheduling a lot of artists but this the set lists were short yes so it's you know like i you know the headliners at lala play for two hours and it's like you know, when you get that, like when you get that level of stage in a two-hour performance, that's how you get like something iconic. Mm. You know, I but, do remember the first day, like we were just getting there, we were gonna go get food, and I was like, "Oh, Jalil's about to start," and I heard him. Yeah. And like before we even got our food, his set was over, and I was like, "Yeah, it was like fifteen minutes, right?" <laughs> uh, don't get me wrong; like I think they they put like they sequenced the schedule like well enough that it wasn't really that big of a problem, right? But I just, you know, it was shorter sets than I'm used to. Mm. Uh, but Uzi killed it. Just completely and totally. He did what looked like several backflips. He's a superstar. Yeah, he's a superstar. Several flips into the crowd. Yeah, he even he, stopped the music to check on somebody. Yeah, he seemed he super concerned. More than anyone else that weekend, he seemed the most concerned with crowd safety. Absolutely. Right? Which is always a nice thing to see. Uh, besides Glorilla, Little Uzi is the next person where it's like, if you get a chance to see Little Uzi, you should. Yeah, absolutely. There are two things about his performance that I'm disappointed by, neither of which are like his fault or anything. Mm-hmm. I don't like that on Setlist FM, they credit Woke Up Like This as a Playboy Cardi cover, like he did a cover. Because arguably he's half more than half of that song. Like he does the verses on that fucking song. So I think yeah. that's stupid. Second, I'm disappointed he did new Patek and not Patek, the future one, because future was on next anyway. And that's yeah. like a cool song for like, I like that song a lot. Yeah, but... that's a good song. Yeah. And then enough, I feel like they were they were doing that on purpose because like there weren't a lot of guests. There was not a lot. Of guests. No, there were not a lot of only guests. only of guests only the, the local Gerbo, Lil Durk. Yeah, like people like that. Had Asur, out, but... who's like a very small artist, brought out someone like. Yeah, right. it was. Yeah, it was not very guest heavy, uh, which I guess brings us to the guy who's known for bringing out guests. Who we, I thought for sure Future was going to be the one. To bring yeah, out a guest. and he did not. And like, we knew Cuddy was going to bring out Chip, though. I just want to put that out. Yeah, there. Oh, no, yeah. we got. Yeah, that, no, Cuddy has a one hundred percent hit rate of bringing out Chip. At <laughs> yeah, anything. he does. He does. Uh, but yeah, no Uzi, potentially the show of the song, like. Potentially the show of the festival, potentially the show of the summer, incredibly good. Yeah. Uh, but Future, I think, is maybe a little bit more interesting. Future was my favorite, personally. Okay. But I think Uzi's was the best. And okay. to actually decipher between the two, because like I think Uzi is a full rock star, and it's just clear. Like, yeah. He knows how to move the crowd and how to give a performance. Yeah. But in terms of like my favorite and actually seeing it, I... I I went on a whole speech to you before, like when we went to the bathrooms before you started. And I was like, Brandon, I feel like we're about to see something we've never seen before. And like, I, yeah. I, I made a whole thing about it. I certainly I was... had an experience with future that I've never had before at a concert. 
maybe never, never have will, and it's probably <laughs> the reason why he he eked into my top three. Dude, oh, yeah. thirty-one songs over the course of an hour. Wow. Uh, yeah. While wearing a hoodie. Yeah. <laughs> that motherfucker had the hood up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Literally. <laughs> and like the the crowd was nowhere near as rowdy as it gets with Uzi. Yeah. Uh, but it was massive. In. It was into it. Dude. It was the yeah. closest thing to like a sing along set that actually worked the entire yes. weekend. Right? Yeah. Where you heard people just like dude when he did Bugatti. Like Jesus. the entire the hype, dude. That was a that, that's a set list song for me. That's a like everybody. That's a bucket Everyone's list song it. for me. One hundred percent for me. It was the the bucket list ones were new level and then mask off. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, mask, yeah, mask off. Yeah, it, but, it's funny because like all the songs were just like Jesus Christ. Like that was the my crowd's thing, going right? insane. So like, like yeah. this song's a hit. My experience was like I'm not the biggest Future fan in the world. I liked his album he dropped last year, but I think like he's like. He's good at hits. I think he's great, very charismatic on a song. But he's not really an album artist. You know, I like Trap more than I like the the Rage kind of sound. Mm-hmm. But it even Trap was always like, oh, not exactly what I'm into, right? But the throughout the entire set, I'm like, how did I know this many future songs? Like that was yeah. the thing that was yeah. so unique. I'm like, how is how do I know the words to like <laughs> 90% of the songs that this yep. guy is playing when I do not consider myself a future fan. I mean, he did yeah. King's Dead, which has yeah. Kendrick on it, so yeah. that checks out. I felt yeah. like I was the only people thinking King's yeah. Dead. Dude, <laughs> if he had done... Man, if he had done um, like Mr. Jones, I would have been on yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it's just one of those things, and it was a part of my speech before he went on. <clears> I was just like, I, at some point, you need to realize that like moments like these are very precious because like I feel like a lot of times we just not necessarily go through the motions, but like we just go through life very quickly. You don't really like stop yeah. and stop and like take a breath and actually like focus on what's going on. And I was saying like Future's just one of those people. Like he's considered one of the biggest names. He like, really is, and he really actually is like one of the biggest things. names. Period. Like I'm not gonna say J Cole, Kendrick, and Drake, but like he's right there. No, he's 100 <laughs> percent up there. Like in terms yeah. of like raw popularity, it's right? Insane. Like look. I don't think he had like the most impressive crowd. That was Uzi, but his crowd was fucking massive. I thought it was going to be it significantly. It went to the bathrooms. Yeah, I thought it was going to be significantly smaller. It was not, right? Yeah. So, Future had a chokehold on the crowd. It was he had a shit ton of pyrotechnics. It was a great set. Uh, I don't know. I didn't feel like he was low energy, but maybe thinking, remembering it, like maybe he was a little bit more chill than some of the other artists. You guys want to hear something wild? Here we go. Not that this actually matters in any meaningful way, but Future has far more monthly listeners than Playboy Cardi. How believe many? It. Yeah, I uh, believe it. Cardi's at thirty-two million. Yeah. Future. Fifty something. Future's at fifty-two million. Yeah. yeah. So it's a twenty sense. million it just difference. Makes sense. Yeah. He's yeah, yeah. He's like there's there's like a certain level of like hip hop mainstream that is just like one one yeah. I think. Uh, this is a theory I have proposed with Drake, and I think it was proven with Future at Summer Smash, and that okay. is that he who controls the women controls the culture. Like, if you have a dedicated crowd of female fans, that's yep. going to be the difference between Playboy Cardi and Future. That's going to be the difference between Fact. Playboy Cardi and Big Sean. That's going to be the difference between, like, because, like, look, Uzi had, like, one of the biggest crowds i've ever seen but it wasn't as big as big sean it wasn't as big as j cole 
But that's no. just because, like, that's how those artists have ascended to those levels, you know? Some of the biggest names in the game. Yeah, so, like, if you have a female audience, you're that's how you get there, right? Yeah. And, uh, like, the girls around us were, were going crazy. Screaming. Yeah, like, this was the most word for word. Yeah, like, I heard her more than future. Yeah, <laughs> and, so, yeah. But it was a good vibe. Like the, I would say. Oh yeah, I wasn't upset about it at all. Besides, once again, maybe Uzi. Best vibe of the weekend was future. You know, it was the closest to like a chill sing along set that like anyone got to, and I thought he killed it. So absolutely. All right, shall we get to this final day? Yes. Uh, um. Should we go through the lineup then? Yeah, let's go through the lineup because we kind of already talked on the subjects that we have in the Google Doc. Yeah. But, yeah, so we saw a lot on Sunday. Sunday was so our busiest day. We, we start, did a lot of movies. Yeah, so we started out with seeing uh, Asur. He's a uh, shout-out PJ Gordon. He's a friend of mine. We ran into him. We all got introduced. Uh, saw him perform. He opened up the main stage on Sunday. It was very Love fun. It. Very Killed it. He brought out dancers. The, he gave out hats. He gave out hats. <laughs> Dude, Asur's entire vibe could be broken down with while he was playing. Purvis looked at me and just went, people don't juke anymore. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like that's so true. I was like, yeah, people don't juke anymore. It's just yeah. like, no say, one knows what these dances are doing. Yeah. <laughs> you, you two, you two could have been the ones in the crowd doing that shit, but I saw both of you from when I was in the yeah. back. Yeah. I saw both of you leaning up on the fence like old men with like tired yep. knees after three days. <laughs> because I'm in my 30s. <laughs> I wanted to get away from the crowd that was there. Yeah. <laughs> that was a small crowd. Yeah, it was though. a small crowd. We but like, I thought it, we it were was, fine. It was still like another one of my sleeper sets, right? Obviously, yeah. this is on a different scale of even Glorilla. You know, this is a, yeah. a local dude. We got to meet him. We got to talk to him. It was a lot of fun. That yeah. helped a lot. Actually, yeah. being able to meet the artist and talk to yeah. him very briefly, like, it was a nice touch. All right. Now, <laughs> purpose. You I'm, I'm I, sorry. I, I've been I've been too critical. You got you got to do this. One. I okay. I will do this one. Um, I'm sorry that I recommended we go see them. I just wanted to see what the hype was about. With, um. We ended up seeing Baby Tron. Um, I don't know if you remember, but we did an episode for XXL last year. He was on. It was the <laughs> only the only artist we agreed about at from the freshman. It was like I hate this. Was like I don't, this I don't is like awful. it. <laughs> like this is um. So like we went to. But go there's see an live. entire wave of people that sound like Baby Tron, right? Like, there's an entire wave that from people in like Michigan, Baby Tron, right? And a lot of those people were actually on the third stage, which I was yeah. going to get into. But anyway, Baby Tron was on the main stage, middle of the day, kind of earlyish. But yeah, we decided to sit in the grass and actually listen to it. And this was the only set that we left. We we actually just like we were waiting to go get food after Baby Tron, and we couldn't. We could not wait yeah. any longer. I literally was like, "I'm sorry, but I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I want to leave." And that's that's how bad the set was. Um, he reminds me of like if Yellow Wolf did trap. Yeah, but like I, just, he, I, I don't significantly, even know where to start, dude. He's like, not like the on, music bad. He looked out of place. It was the worst sounding. <laughs> the crowd set by didn't far. Seem that high. What yeah. really pissed me off was when we went to go get food and we left him halfway through his set. Someone in line was like, "Baby Tron is better than Kid Cudi," and I was like, "Bro, the set's still going on and you're not even over there." 
Obviously, yeah. he's not good. Yeah, no, it's we are we are not we are we are firmly anti Baby Tron. Uh, <laughs> the music was I, I'm pretty sure he did some sample of like an old soul soul song, yeah. and that's what drew the line for me. I was like, I need to. Yeah, no, this I is disrespectful. I believe you. I hate it. All right. One of wait, real up. quick. What's up? Do you guys want to feel old? What? Yes, sure. Baby Tron was born in two thousand. Yeah, he's twenty three. I know. Like, it's, what, just, three, it's just wild. To me. He's what it's just three wild. years older, younger than you. Like three years younger. Yeah. I hate this. I mean, Matt Ox, like we said, is eighteen. 18. That shit is crazy. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Insane. <laughs> Uh, yeah. And here we are with our podcast. Anyway, yep. uh, one of the highlights of the weekend for me, Rico Nasty. Uh, Same feeling for Glorilla. I felt for Rico Nasty. I yeah. just didn't know her music as much. Yeah, no, that's totally true. And the other thing is that she had audio problems. That yes. like yes, it was did. kind of like one of the worst of the weekend. Really unfair. And like mm-hmm. once again, like I am judging Summer Smash based on this set. And I think if this is the worst, I think that they did a good job. Yes. When she opened her set, like the like the mic wasn't working, and she just screamed into the crowd, and it carried all the way to our seats. Like that's this, insane. She she's that's a scary. monster, right? And she goes out and she just fucking she dominates for it. It was easily my second favorite set of the weekend. It was super cool because like when we were at the bar, I like turned around, I saw someone filming to my left, and I'm like, oh okay, I'm just gonna go to the right so I don't interrupt their shot. I turn around and Rico Nasty was right there. Yep. I, was just, I made eye contact and I was like, great set. And they were like, thank you. And I was like, sick. So I was like, yep. <laughs> literally, I was standing at the exit as they were getting to the van and she like walked right past. And I just looked at her. And I was just like, this is real. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, so, this is the thing. Yeah. So that was <laughs> that was a bucket list. Honestly, like I definitely put Uzi above it, but second favorite easily. The other one that's on the list of like next time they're on tour, I'm there. Come hell or hot mm-hmm. water. So, absolutely loved it. Big fan of Rico Nasty. Uh, and then we saw Lucky, who's a local rapper, who I was unfamiliar with. And to be honest, unimpressed. Man, fuck this yes. guy. Oh, really? Yeah. And okay, not, for, going not, for, not for musical reasons. Um, okay. When I was running around doing my behind-the-scenes things, um, I tried to get in one of the gates that we got in earlier that day and it got shut down because of a security issue with his group. Oh yes. And I can't really say much more than that on stream, but, uh, is that his fault? I guess a little bit. Yeah. Um, I had, we had to drive from the South entrance, the South staff entrance, whatever it was all the way around through the parking lot, staff parking lot at the top down, come back down behind through the channel area and then to the stage. So it added an extra like 20 something minutes. And that's how I wound up missing like a significant chunk of Rico Nash. I, was it Rico Nash? Yeah, I missed a chunk of somebody. Because yeah, I of think that, it may yes. have been little Dirk because it was after little Dirk. Yeah. yeah, it was little Dirk. Yeah. yeah Cause it was oh, after God. trippy red. Obnoxious dude. Yeah. So well, frustrating. The, the thing is like that. I know lucky. I feel like the most out of all of yeah, us. Definitely. And, yeah. I understood going into the performance that like he has a very like specific kind of vibe to him and it is very heavily focused on drugs so it just works yeah. in the context of the festival but like I also know it was also a lot slower yes it's very slow 
but like that's like his drug is lean, so it just kind of makes sense. Makes all sense. Um, but like the bad part is he, I, I believe he's doing better, and like he's no longer on heavy drugs. But like the fact that we've seen or I've seen Lucky go from like someone that can perform to where he's at now, like when I tell you, don't get me wrong, we said this that was the best DJ the entire weekend. That 100%. DJ set that totally we listened agree. to, yeah, totally agree. every single song, we was like, damn, that's not Love Sosa. <laughs> and that's a really good song. Yeah. So, like, True. the DJ was straight up carrying him. And, like, it got to the point where I was like, this is kind of disrespectful. He was just walking around stage. He wasn't even rapping. He was too out of breath to yeah. even, yeah. like, walk around and rap the song. Yeah, it was one of the more. And throwing his hands up. It was one of the more disappointing sets, right? Yeah. Uh, it was a listen party. Yeah. It was essentially what it was. And then from there we saw uh, Trippy Red in our last run towards the the finale of the weekend. Yes. What did you guys? I'm not think gonna, of, what did you? Guys I'm not gonna lie. I wanted to see Trippy Red really badly, honestly. And he for me was like the sleeper hit of mm-hmm. possibly like obviously Glorilla and Rico are up there, but I would say he's like just under that as far as like the production and his stage design was just like super clean, simple. He sounded really good. Like the, it was very clear. And we talked about audio production being like good throughout, but like his was really, really nice. Mm. And it was just like, I don't know. I couldn't have asked for much more. I think out of, out of a performance like that. Yeah. I think I'm, I'm just, I, I just think <clears throat> I'm like not as big of a fan. Sure. Know? Yeah. I like the instrumentation and, that comes with his style. Yeah. I don't know as much of his music like word for word like I do other artists, but yeah. I like his like kind of EDM or electronic inspired stuff yeah. a lot. Mm-hmm. My thing is that like it, Trippy Red, like it wasn't like bad. Like it was not by any stretch like the worst set I saw the weekend. Yeah. Or like even a bad set, period. But to me, it was just like a sleepier, kind of more boring version of Little Uzi. And that's that's yeah. I gotta not, I mean, yeah, that's, little, I, I gotta compare it. Yeah. And like it doesn't help that two hours later I got someone else who yeah. I maybe listened to even less and I still liked significantly more. Like Yeah, well there was a certain level of intensity yeah. and energy there that was crazy. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I would not call Trippy Red disappointing because like I was kind of just along for the ride on Trippy Red. But mm. I wasn't also like I was kind of just along for the ride with Playboy Cardi, and I was into it, right? I just didn't have like that full thing with Trippy Red, you know. I think that's fair. He is one of those artists that kind of like you got to be in the know because like, yeah. Like was he the said, artist that had stuff. everyone like dressing like clowns? No, I don't think so. Okay, but mm-hmm. I did notice that on there was Sunday a bunch well. of people who were dressed like clowns. I, I don't no think that was. I don't actually. think that was him. If anything, it would have been for Playboy Cardi. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you, you definitely got to be in the know to enjoy Trippy Red. There were a few moments, so I was like, Oh, I actually know this song. This song actually does bang, so like, yeah, it was unique to have that experience and being a part of it. I do that is someone that I would want to see that I wanted to see live, and so I'm glad I was able to experience it. But again, it, it's tough for him because, in terms of what you want out of a concert like that goes beyond the lyrics and is more focused on the energy and what happens from it. And again, if you're comparing that to Lil Uzi and play Riccardi, that's the top of the line. Which are like, so. which are the immediate comparisons though, when you're in the exactly. context that we yeah. are, you know? So after Trippy Red, we went we, to go see Lil Durk. We didn't see, we only saw part of Lil Durk. I liked it a lot. This is my, I've probably seen like three fourths of a Lil Durk set at this point. Uh, between Lala, who that got canceled last year because he broke something. 
and this set, which was on us, we were kind of like running around, but he brings a lot of energy and man, did he bring a crowd hot take? It kind of looked like he had a bigger crowd than Cardi did. Really? I don't think so. Like I, I would not doubt, like I would have said Cardi had the bigger crowd like beforehand, but just visually to me, Mm -hmm. it appeared that because like we were in like halfway through up the f- the field for Cardi, and like we were it was very comfortable where we were. The Cardi part, I, I think, what's unfair and it's not our fault or anything. The storm because it was the first the storm one absolutely that does play into it. Yeah, but to our actual view, I think Playboy Cardi, Lo Yachty, and Cut Cuddy, Kid Cuddy were the only people we saw from a ground level, so it's a lot harder to kind of gauge the actual mass of the sure Sh- yes you're right but like we know that it wasn't as far back as uzi mm-hmm. yeah. you know what i mean like we know that it was only up to that first gate where the control panel is you know mm-hmm. and like granted like his crowds are tightly packed and like don't get me wrong it was a great show a great crowd a great set uh there was the appropriate Multiple amount of ambulances am- yeah the appropriate <laughs> amount of ambulances uh the appropriate amount but i was stunned at how fucking massive the crowd was for little dirk mm-hmm. yeah. right so i i so liked what like i saw get, yeah huh? i i don't know why i have a bad habit maybe it's just not because it's my preferred subgenre of hip-hop but i have such a like i don't understand chicago hip-hop like I, I didn't expect G Herper to be that big. I didn't expect Lil Durk yeah. to be that big. And it's just like, I got to be reminded, knew, like, no, those are literally the stars of Chicago. Right I know now. I know Lil Durk would be that big because I saw him last year and he had, mm. you know, a smaller crowd because he was on a smaller stage uh, than he was at Summer Smash. But, like, it was pretty massive. Like, it was impossible to see. Like, I mean, the we, fact that he got brought out at Donda, I think, tells you everything you need yeah. to know. It's yeah. like, that's the passing of the torch. Yeah, like, he's... Yeah. He's a huge figure for the culture, and like it seemed like he had the biggest, like one of the bigger crowds of the weekend. Uh, but then we get to like the, you know, the, the oh sure, you know, <laughs> the 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 artist that I think like willed Summer Smash into existence. I was really about uh, to say it is the reason Summer Smash exists. Like, yeah, everyone's coming for this. Right? Everything wraps up everything about Summer Smash is it's within Blake McCartney. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, well, Jasper, I love your experience. I, <laughs> I absolutely love the way I'm looking at the setlist FM for this. Track eight, Miss the Rage, trippy red cover, parentheses, show briefly paused due to crowd injury. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there was a few pauses <laughs> yeah. that, that had to happen. <laughs> yeah. They should have had trippy back out to be like, you going to die. <laughs> <laughs> He like dipped immediately. That's yeah, he thing. dipped immediately. He did. Yeah, yeah. He did. I, I gotta be. Look, so here's the. I was impressed with the set because I'm not no a big problem. Playboy Cardi fan, and the other thing is that like, Playboy Cardi is combining like the elements of hip hop I'm not too into, with like the elements of rock that I literally bounced off of so hard that's the reason I am a fan of hip hop, right? Mm. Like, when metalcore hit in like 2007, 2008, that was like, I'm out. Like that was like. <laughs> I found Kid Cudi and Lupe Fiasco, and I, you know, because I was in the hardcore scene. Shark Tank moment. You know, I, know. I was in yeah, I was in the hardcore scene for, like, a little, and even, like, through the metalcore years. But, like, mm. from that moment, it was like, this is no longer for me, right? So, like, looking past that, you know, the energy, the, the set design, 
the the live instrumentation and the way everything was mixed. This was a hell of a closer, dude. This was really yeah, was. fucking impressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one thing is that, like, I will give Cardi credit for a full set. I'm not giving him credit for an encore. I don't no. think it was meant to be an encore. That's it fair. That's oh, it wasn't. No, it was supposed to be part of the set, and then what happened was like, I guess he thought he was gonna wrap up early due to in, like people getting hurt and like yeah. the crowd being you know just pushy. Yeah. And then I think what what happened was the crowd started to disperse a little bit. Like people started leaving, thinking he was over. And then with that, it was like, all right, well, we freed up a little bit of space. You go out and do your last yeah. like three songs because he was slotted for an hour. Yeah. Yeah. It worked. Yeah, and. Look, he did it. He did an hour. Like he started, and the other thing is that he started on time. Exactly, it wasn't like which is rare for him. Yeah, and he was his last song wrapped up at I think like ten thirty one or something. Like he he was there. Like, but yeah, no, he brought a shit ton of energy. He definitely is a unique sound. Yes, um, and he had. A I'm unique- so glad i saw shoot alive yeah. i've been wanting to see that song live for such a long time yeah. he did play a lot of good classic songs yeah which interesting enough i i guess Brandon, one thing i wanted to touch on you actually did say you like some of the like one of the songs yeah. specific you was like i like this song and I yeah like i think i think cardi's cool you know i don't think cardi's like a hack or like lame you know it's just not Have for you me to old cardi just listen to like I, die lit is my main touch point okay. for cardi Right, okay. which like is cool, but like even that is like it, it's called die lit. Like it's not what I'm looking for. Like it's not like the diving head. P- f- yeah, you don't POV want to the crowd. <laughs> POV, you don't Millie Rock in New York. No, I don't. Right. So like, yeah, like Cardi has just never really been my cup of tea. You know, I've been listening mm-hmm. to him since the die lit era, and I passed on whole lot of red. I never even finished it because like it's it's the genesis point for the rage sound but it's just it's a genesis point for a sound i am very much not a fan of like you know respect do you at least understand why there's so many cat oh uh copycats yeah 100 percent. like between like one because it is like a very idiosyncratic and like iconic sound right it is 100 percent the kind of shit that's going to be copied you know but one i think like his sound is not as like it's idiosyncratic. It's not like when Nirvana hit with grunge and it's like, this is a new palette of sounds that you can do a bunch of different things with, you know, that mm-hmm. as I perceive it, right. I, I think a lot of his competitors, it's a very thin margin, right? Like there are differences. I'm not saying, you know, you wouldn't be able to tell them apart from like a sight unseen to listen. But I'm just saying, like, I think the creative diversity is much lower than, like, pretty much any, like, level. You know, like, I, I think, like, a good comparison, it's going to sound very circle jerky, but, like, is Griselda. Yeah, like, it's kind of hard to tell Benny the Butcher and Conway and the Machine apart the first few times you listen to it. Mm. But, like, when you actually sit down and you, like, look at the production and you see, like, the choices they're making, I feel like there is kind of, like, a bigger, you know, breadth there. Than like the kind of shit you see like between Yeet and Playboy Cardi, you know what I mean? Um, and Yeet is probably the most different of them. He's probably mm-hmm. he's Yeet is the argument for it being a genre, right? Like, but you know, so that's like my thing. Like I saw it and I'm like, wow, this is certainly the originator. It reminded me a lot of like when I got really into Travis Scott for that period in 2018, where it was like 
you know, oh, wow, this is why everything sounds like this now. (laughs) Uh, But but like once again, like, you know, I don't think you would like it if everything started to sound like devil worshiping. Like right. I'm trying to think of a subgenre. I'm pretty sure if scaring I'm pretty sure if scaring the hose was so big that every artist you listened to sounded exactly like it, you'd probably feel similarly to how I feel. Yeah, you know? That's fair. And you like that album way more than I like any of Playboy Cardi's. <laughs> like So like look, that's I give him respect. <laughs> I he was one of my favorite sets of the weekend, absolutely, just for like you know, I, I went in with an open mind. I'm like, what is this going to be like? He's obviously a very high in demand live artist. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was cool. Uh, and, you know, my favorite sets are probably Little Uzi and then Rico and then either this or Future. And I'm kind of leaning towards Future just because, like, of the mind blowingness. Hmm. If I had to put three, I'm going Future. Uzi, Glorilla. I think those are my top three for me. Interesting. Yeah. Jasper? I would go uh, Uzi, Cuddy, Cardi. Ooh, interesting. I would totally... That's interesting because I would totally... I feel like I'm a big Cuddy set defender right now. And I would put Cardi above Cuddy just because I thought like it was... It was certainly unique. Like No, it's unique, but but they're both artists who I've seen before. And I think oh. Cuddy just—I think Cuddy just brought a lot more to the table in terms of like the songs breath. that he, the songs that he picked, yeah, and like uh, a little more diversity. Oh, that's totally um, Because when I saw Cardi at UIC, because he played the Flame, whatever it's called, the UIC Pavilion, yeah, where the Flames are. That show he did like over an hour, and he did pretty much exclusively whole lot of red, except for like a couple songs. And I don't know, I just I didn't love like all the choices made here like obviously off the grid like you gotta have it um r.i.p fredo didn't love that edition didn't love like new neon necessarily just like i don't think that's a song that would fit in an encore for somebody as energetic as cardi because that's not an energy song at all Mm. and i think if he wanted to have a song in there to calm the crowd down he should have done control which i think is like a really good song i really like that one yeah. But that's just me being like nitpicky. I mean, it was it was still like very par for the course for like what he does. I just think that like the Cuddy set had more variety to it, and I, I appreciate that. I'll definitely give you that. I'll definitely give you that. Now it's kind of hard because like even with Uzi, who like I like and like knew was one of the ones I'm more excited about going into it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's almost like an ink blot test because I'm not so familiar with their music that I know exactly what it's going to sound like be like. Uh, I gotta say. Shout out to me. I called, of course, we get a flowers was going to be performed, and it was. Yeah. And that's not even one of his like main hits anymore. <clears throat> uh. that's about... But yeah, that wraps up our experience at Summer Smash. So, yeah. closing thoughts like, where, you know, did you enjoy this weekend? Then maybe a quick game, and then we'll do our recommendations to get out of here. Um, no, I, I really enjoyed the weekend, to be honest. It was my first full three day festival. Yeah, I would do it again. Um, the venue decent, the lineup decent. I would give it like a a B plus. I'm I'm probably falling on a B too. You yeah. know, on on one end, like there is like a, there's a very alienating alienating feeling for me because it's like I feel like I'm so out of my depth, right? Like there's a level of uncomfortableness that like 
I only feel a little bit of at Lala and not at all at Riot Fest or my house. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, I think the sets were incredible. I would never, ever balk at going to this for, like, a specific artist. Yeah. Uh, I just don't think, like, we'll probably be going every year now because we're a hip-hop show and it's a hip-hop festival in our city. But, like... I don't think it would ever be a show that like if they just had a bunch of artists that I was just kind of met on, I would spend three fifty on to Agreed. just spend the weekend, right? right? Like, and there are look, there are festivals I fair, would do that for. Yeah, that's why I've never been to Lala. Yeah, I right. just think like it's a little you know. At least with Lala, it's four days. That's true. There's just yeah. there's never crazy. been enough in the lineup for me to justify. Yeah, like there's maybe like one or two, but I'm not going to drop that kind of money for like. Yeah, yeah, that no, person, totally, you know, totally, and yeah. like to me, I think the thing I like about Lala is just like the diver- like how much different kind of music there is, you know, being able to go from seeing someone like a, you know, Billy Strings to seeing someone like a Denzel Curry, you know, and the other thing is that I think it it refreshes you throughout the day. I think like hearing bass knockers all day. I know my ears hurt the next day, and I was wearing protection for the first time ever. Uh, I definitely think like there's something revitalizing about like being able to see artists that are in different genres, in different vibes, you know, definitely. cultivating different things. And like, look, obviously, like there's, you know, another side to that. You know, I had to, you know, I was lucky enough to see Janelle Monae and Childish Gambino right after each other. But I also had to sit and listen to NF while I did it. Uh, so, like, you know, there's a double side to it all. Uh, but, yeah, so that that's where I lay on it. I would absolutely, like, I'm excited to see where it goes in the future. I would never miss it if there was an artist I like going there. But it's just, it's a vibe that is not specifically for me. Mm. And the venue, I think they did a great job with it. But I think it was kind of, like, good and not great. I would, yeah, I would agree. I would say B for me just because, like, the venue, I didn't mind at all. But, like, yeah, accessibility was kind of an issue. Um, I just, the lineup was not entirely, like, most of the people there I didn't have, like, a lot of or even any pre-existing familiarity with. Like, there were probably, like, maybe seven or eight names of the entire lineup where I was like, oh, yeah, I know that person. But it was just one of those things where... I think if it continues to expand and diversify the way we talked about, I think it could be much more compelling going forward if they have more mature artists. I agree 100%. Like, if they, if this is like this, you know, I think they have two routes forward. They either go that way, in which case I'm extremely excited. I think it could easily become like one of my favorite festivals. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I think the other way is that they just like hyper focus on what they already are doing very good on, you know, which is appealing to like, a specific crowd that I think is at every festival to a certain extent, just like, you know, it's easily 50, 60% of Lala. It's maybe 40% of my house, maybe 15% of riot fest, but like that, that demographic is everywhere, you know, and it just seems like this is catered for it. So which direction they're going to go, who knows, but I know I will be there if there is an artist I like. Well, should we do recommendations? Are we doing recommendations? Let's do, I'm doing the same two from last week because we lost. That's what week. I was going to say. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to just do the same two from last week so you guys know which ones they are. But yeah, let's do that and we can get out of here because like, this was uh, it's a little late. It's a little late. Yeah. 
It's a um, long one, but we went to a we went to a whole ass right, festival. It was three days to cover. Right. It was a whole ass <laughs> festival. We got it was an insane experience. I'm honestly shocked that we were this was not this doesn't have a three in it. Like, you know, like mm-hmm. All right. Ben. All right. So uh who wants to start? No matter. Okay, I'll start because it's a song, it's an artist that we've actually talked about today. Uh one of the seminal artists of our life, uh, one of their biggest hits, fueled exclusively by Spite. Uh, and I'm kind of shocked that it's not even bigger, to be honest with you. <clears throat> mm-hmm. I feel like I would I should hear it more places because uh, it's just kind of like a perfect song, and that's Redbone by Childish Gambino. Right? Phenomenal that just, I, dude, that song's perfect. You know, <laughs> I'm cooling in this Call of Duty lobby, Redbone. I'm making dinner, Redbone. I'm having a glass, a bottle of a whiskey and a glass of wine for the missus, Redbone. It always works. Yeah. <laughs> I go to the I go to the store to pick up a chew toy for my dog, Redbone. Redbone. <laughs> okay. God, dude, if I could fucking hate you right now. <laughs> That's the sequel to Kiss Me Through the Phone. Yeah, if I could cause, punch, punch me through the Discord. If I could cause violence through Discord. <laughs> Dude, could you imagine zooming into a violent home invasion? That'd be tight. Very pandemic friendly. <laughs> Very pandemic friendly. Okay. Jasper, do you say All right, yeah. I'm uh, riding high on the uh, Elliot Moss representation. So the other single from the pack I recommended previously, Lazy by Elliot Moss, and I, I mentioned it on the last episode, but it's really relevant, relevant things in there as I cross over into the second half of my 20s and can tell things are not quite the same as they were in, in a variety of ways. And the song hits for that. So, you know, that's what this song is for. <laughs> oh, over the over the hill of the decade. Yeah. Um. My first song is going to be by an artist that Brandon put me on a very long time ago. Another group was Injury Reserve. Absolutely phenomenal. Um, their song called Knees is a slapper, a banger, whatever you want to call it. It is a great song. So I highly recommend that. Yeah. It's my it's turn. Absolutely. Uh, my next one I'm going to recommend is by a, a group that I am uh, extremely... Uh, like into uh they're over now uh when purpose was like oh this is a group that we were both really into i thought he was going to recommend someone from the same one uh, uh, i'm recommending uh san marcos by barack hampton yes. it's uh it's kind of their sing-songy uh one from iridescence and it's fantastic the build to the the child's chorus at the end mm-hmm. is fantastic and like the the metaphor for like the entire song is about like their past and like what everything is like leading up to like that point in Brockhampton and then like the chorus, like representing like their fan base. Fantastic. 10 out of 10 song. I miss Brockhampton. Dude, I miss dude. The saturation trilogy was probably the best like year anyone has ever had in my life. I don't think anyone three albums, all great within a year. Phenomenal. Really within eight months. Like, yeah, you know, and then we, like, and then they put out another classic after that. At least in my book, like, 
Well, it's over for both of you once Freddie Gibbs drops those six albums he's been talking about. Yeah, I'm ready for it. I will listen Bring to all six all right now. Right <laughs> At now. At the same time. Where, to, does, to... where does he have them? Where are these six albums? I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. Hopefully it's right. enough. My second song is a certified classic and somebody who we don't I don't think we show enough love to, but I think it's because none of us are particularly like the best first. Uh, it's MF Doom, Rap Snitch Knishes. Dude, we got featuring. Do... We're doing a deep dive soon. Deep dive. One deep of dive the strongest. Put it on yeah. the calendar. Put it on the calendar. Like we're gonna Putting do a deep. The... De- we're gonna do an artist profile on, on MF Doom. Because I think all of us like we need really to. need to take time. I've listened to, like, to some MF Doom, but I have not given it the respect it deserves. I honestly think. This song has one of the strongest features of any song in rap with Mr. Fantastic. Mr. Yeah. Fantastic opens this track and carries the entire first verse, and he does the chorus, and then MF Doom comes on. It's crazy. I mean, it's fair. I mean, he has a catalog that's insane. So yeah. he does. Yeah, that it's, is I'm, it's very very. That is as the kids are calling it, bananas. bananas. Yeah, it's a it's a very strong presence on this track. Yeah. I think he's he's a great feature. All right. Purpose. All right, well, I'll close this out then. Um, we've talked about this weeks ago now, but the song I'm recommending was uh, brought up out of a discussion that we have because we like to almost place singles as a timestamp in our lives. Um, some of the examples that we had was a Little Pump and Kanye song where they had this ridiculous video together. Yeah. We know exactly where we're at. It, I do not listen to that song because I like that song. No one should like that song. I listen to that song because it brings me back to summer 2018, which was one of my favorite summers. You exactly. Know, like, so these singles serve a purpose. So what I decided to do, J. Cole is one of my favorite artists out there. I went back to look at his singles, and Snow in the Bluff was such a phenomenal no. slow song. You, you don't get a lot of slow songs. Wasn't a response Cole, to like, No Name? I'm pretty sure. So like it, it was it. It holds a very specific memory in my mind. So like I love to go back and like rediscover this music. Absolutely. All right. We're done. Well, who knows? Next week, we may have... You might be seeing a lot more of us nowadays. Uh, (laughs) But, but yeah. Purvis, are we bringing back Playlist of the Week this week? I mean, I guess we could. Could you have it done by Monday? I could easily have it done by Monday, but we need to decide what artists... A Summer Smash-themed playlist? We have to pick five artists and focus on them. We'll do the headlines. We got to... Sure, we'll work on the playlist, but... Playlists of the week are back. We used to do that a long time ago. Remember that? <laughs> boom, 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 boom. Dude, West Side Gun. West Side Gun. All West Side Gun playlists. You have to break it up. 